Hey, this is Donnie Cates. I am the writer of Venom and Thanos and Doctor Strange and Death of the Inhumans and Cosmic Ghost Rider and Redneck and Baby Teeth. And you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> That was amazing. That was so strong. Oh, wait. Who that? Oh, that is. <laughs> who this is in the house? God dang, I missed you guys. Oh, let's see. It's long lost return. Yeah. It, you know, it's it's uh, when you do the bonus ep in a week that I'm away, it feels like I'm just yeah. delinquent, negligent. Seriously, because they, they haven't heard you for two episodes. That's six hours and not Jason. I, I know. Yeah. I know this. But now you can make up for tonight. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. Look at the month. That's right, baby. Yeah, yeah we're uh, apologizing in advance for breaking some hearts, I guess. We got a, we have, yeah, we should give like specific shout-outs. Mario Alba. Who else? Uh, Zach. Ooh, Zach, yeah. Wait, Zach likes it? Zach Crusade, dude, he is all about the, he his 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 profile pick is Avatar on the CGS boards. Used to be Frankie, I think on the on the bullpen. Board. Oh, oh yeah, that's correct. right. That's correct. Yes, I said I. That was his big thing. I forgot all about that. Yep. Yep. Uh, one of our other patron uh, homies on Slack that was all excited too. Uh, oh, Fra- Frank Lanza. Yes. I feel real well, bad about tonight. With Frank. There were a lot of people who were who who seemed to be really excited about this because I mean it 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 was it was a close contest, but still a lot of people and and this isn't. This isn't the first time it's the Goon Volume One of the Misery has been nominated. So uh, finally, it just it, it it was its time, and um, mm-hmm. uh, they they just they, they can all be winners. And and you know, well, yes, uh, we will definitely be getting into it once we get past okay. all the uh, yes. all the fun stuff. Yeah, all the noise is gone. Uh, a lot of noise yet to come because this is Eleven O'clock Comics, Episode Five Hundred and Seventy Six, and I am Vince B. Oh, you are Vince B. I'm so glad to hear your voice. I am David A. Price. And I am even happier than Dap to hear not just Vince's voice, but Dap's voice too, because I am Burl Ives. (laughs) So are you going to be, is it going to be a Christmas theme now? Until the new year. Oh, boy. (sighs) You're not Burl Ives. Can you be Yule Gibbons instead? Nope. No, Burl Ives. You're not Burl Ives. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Three are one again. Like Voltron. The world tour. Voltron, what? The vehicle Voltron. Not even. (laughs) You're you're still a little off. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Because they were like, what, a thousand and one cars? That that would be like a limping Voltron. By the way, if you ever come across a Dyruger toy, holler at your boy. You mean two? Right, what? Well, I, I would. You would want one. I would scoop one. For oh, myself. sure, yeah. I mean, if, yeah. I I have yeah, one. Got an extra. Yeah, I have one, but there are there were more than one version. Uh, more than one company put it out, but yeah, if I find one and there's something left over, uh, sure. I'd want one that's all the vehicles, though. All the vehicles, like not not like you know, kind of where it looks like the formed one, but you can't. Break it down into all the sure. constituent vehicle parts. Constituent. Mm. I like that word. Best Voltron of all time. Nah. 
Yeah. I mean, I know the Lions are the classic, the OG, the, the time yeah. test. I have all three of the original Matchbox Yeah, what was the versions. name of the one that was three robots that formed into one? Three robots that formed into one? Yeah, that was the other Voltron, the one that was like three regular humanoid. Oh, robots. Alpha, Beta, Gamma. Um, yeah, yeah, I forget the name. I'm, st- I'm, I'm not in that mode right now. I'm in discount comic book service mode. Of course. Because they're the dudes that can get you your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door for a fraction of what the other guys are charging. Now, we are in limbo again, which means that the list of specials for this coming month of December has yet to be posted. They're, they're going through the, the previews with a fine-tooth comb, and they're sing, singling out things, and you'll know soon, but rest assured... The discounts will be deeper than Mel's Hole and plentiful as crabs on Mr. Wood. So there you go. Damn. DCBService.com. You don't have crabs. Do people still get the crabs? Oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's nasty. Mm-hmm. Nasty bad. So what's up? What have you been doing? You, I hope you read a lot of comics. I read all the comics, every single one of them. Um, he went says down he to hopes Florida because the uh, the five seventy six channel on Slack doesn't uh, it doesn't show up on his phone. Yeah, Vince, Vince is locked out of that one. Um, went down to Florida, saw the fam. I saw the wife's mom. The I saw my dad and his wife. Did Thanksgiving with the with with my side of the well, actually both sides. My mother in law came to Thanksgiving with us as well, um, but it was at my dad's house. Hooked it up. Florida's uh, excellent. It's beautiful down there. I, I, the only problem right now is uh, my dad lives and breathes fishing, and the red tide is pretty much making fishing impossible. So he is uh, he's distraught. But uh, you know, first world yeah. problems. The red tide. See, I think it's something entirely different when you say the red tide. Yeah. Yeah. That's because you're a sick fucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, hey, drunk roll call. Let's do this. I got drunk Ruku. Jacob Ruku. I have I have started a little early. No kidding. But um, I did offer it up to you guys to pick because I I bought two bottles of wine today. I got Yellowtail Cabernet mm-hmm. Sauvignon, mm-hmm. and I got something called Woodbridge Merlot. Is it Woodbridge Reserve or just Woodbridge? It says Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Mondavi. Okay. Um, 2016 California Merlot. Go. I mean, uh, always oh. out of the cab. Yeah, it's just I think the Mondavi might be a better drink than the Yellowtail. But, I mean, I've had both. Um, I don't know that I've ever had this Yellowtail, so. It's it's Australian. Uh, I do believe it's Australian. But it, that, that that's... Yeah, um, I have the yellowtail. Go for the cab, because we'll all do cab tonight then. Okay, good. Then I'm drinking yellowtail, (laughs) Cabernet Sauvignon with the with the Aboriginal image of the uh, the yellowtail on it. It's a kangaroo, actually. Mm -hmm. It is. Yep, and it's got spot varnish. Oof! Nice and brown, right? What about you, Jason? There you go. I am uh, drinking Cab as well, as you alluded. Uh, I'm drinking Francis Coppola. Y'all may know him more for his directing skills, but uh, he makes wine too. Uh, the Diamond Collection, Ivory Label, Cabernet Sauvignon. 
2016. That makes it two. Dap? Uh, unfortunately, mine's from 2015. Uh, but it is also from Sonoma County. It is also a Cabernet Sauvignon. And because I knew what Jason was going to be drinking, this is the Francis Coppola Directors in the uh, the raised gold um, logo. But I don't know if I'd call this... It's not, it, it, it's not a... Um, I don't believe it's a diamond collection. And it is the first time I have ever had a Coppola wine in my house. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah Why I, this? I, um, mostly because since I... This is... It's not stupid expensive, but it's still it 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 was more than I generally buy my bottles for. Oh, uh, what did so, what it run you? Like uh, this one? No, this one was uh, nineteen. Yeah, before okay. before discount because we, yeah, yeah, we yeah, ended yeah. up buying a, the places. I'm sure the places do it over there too, but but the places around here, if you get uh, if you get at least a half a dozen mm-hmm. uh, bottles, you you end up with with a discount. So um, just like comics. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So, wine pull list. That's right. Sweet. Right on. All right. Well, uh, as Jason and David alluded during the intro, <laughs> which which you probably didn't hear, but oh shit, this is amazing. This is our book of the month episode. It and, is, and for it the is. you right for the uninitiated, how we do this is we will throw a poll out once a month to our patron subscribers, and they get to choose. En masse, what we read for the next book of the month. Now, this, the, the choices this time around were pretty diverse. We had the Green Arrow, The Archer's Quest, Grimjack, just plain old Grimjack, which means you had to read the entire series of Grimjack. All of it. That, all of it, which wouldn't be a bad thing. No. Because we love our John Ostrander. Um, Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files, number five, which will be the book of the month. One of these days. It will be. It absolutely yes. will. Even if I got to put it on there 11 times. Right. Well, that's cheating. Planetary Volume 2, The Fourth Man, Point Blank. Oh, that would have been great. The Question, Volume 2, also. See, you can't go wrong with any of these. Uh, well, most of these. Um, Spider-Man, The Death of Gene DeWolf. Superman, The Man of Steel, Volume 2. Will Eisner's The Spirit, The New Adventures, which was a kitchen sink publication, and X Factor Volume One: The Longest Night. But the winner, with twenty six percent of the votes, was Eric Powell's The Goon Volume One, the aptly titled "Nothing But Misery." <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Jesus! Yeah. And so we read that just because our patrons chose it, and that's, that's right. if you want to get in on this game. It's Working very all, yeah. It's very easy. You just go to patreon.com forward slash one one o c l o c k c o m i c s c. You spell it out with a one one, and that's our page. And you can see everything that's going on. Well, most of what's going on. Um, some things are are invisible to lower tier patrons, and some things you know that's the reward system, right? So get in on this, and you can you can play along and vote and have fun, and you can see the images and the the posts and the videos and the the, the previews picks, and it's it's always jumping. 
people have and the Slack channel. We have like a bunch of different things for this. So check it out if you're not already there. And so now we get to regale you with ten minutes of the merits of Eric Powell's oh, oh Goon Volume One. Well, let's um let's pack up a sec. We've been doing the show almost ten years. Yes. I don't remember if Neesman ever talked about the goon, but I know the three of us have never talked about the goon. And see, it's funny because I bought these issues off the stands when they were released. Albatross Exploding Funny Books. I have them in – I still have them. They're they're in Mylar. They're black and white. Um, I I remember enjoying the first issue enough to keep buying it. But I checked my CLZ before the show, and I don't have anything beyond the fifth issue, which says a lot because I either just uh, comic faded on it, that's my word, trademark, or I just didn't like it. I don't even remember, to tell you the truth. Like uh, Reading it this time around, other than the artwork – the stories were all new to me, and I probably have read them before. In stories, I that's in quotes. So I, I I was in on the ground floor on this, and but I just didn't stick with it. And now mm-hmm. I know, now I know why. Maybe. And Dap, have you ever tried any? Had you ever tried it? There was the three issue miniseries. Um, that was an anthology. It was um, I think Patton Oswalt was one of the writers on it, and it was yeah, it was it was the. Um, it was the Dwight T. Albatross, and I, I, I had them for years. I think a patron finally received them late last year, or earlier this year, um, and they, they, they went unread. So they, even that wasn't really a um, goon specific or, or, mm-hmm. or just written and drawn by by Powell. Um, no, it's and see, this is this is what's interesting. I, I'll, I'll say this now before we get into reviewing any of the stories within this collection there were when when i had stepped away from comics for a little while and and when i would dip my toes in and and see what was going on in the world there were things that um i regret not reading when they were coming out such as bone strangers in paradise uh there were some things that were 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 discussed and loved and adored by comic readers that I was like, and when I eventually read it, like when I finally sat down and I, I have that Tonkin bone one volume collection, I love that damn thing. And, and that's one of those things where I was like, I don't know if I would have enjoyed reading it month after month because the story is so vast, but it's, it's something where I was like, this would have been cool to read when it was coming out. So I could have been, in on it and and involved with the discussion i have to say the goon is one thing that i do not regret never reading when it was coming out i don't i don't feel like i missed it i i i love my friends and 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 there are people whose opinions who matter that matter to me that i respect that that they Mm -hmm. really love the goon this is one this is one book at least judging by this volume i i i kind of wish we had maybe picked Chinatown. Now, I don't know if Chinatown would have meant more if we had some goon backstory, but I do know that Chinatown is like the, the high watermark. So 
Right, right. That's one thing I probably would have wanted to read. Mm-hmm. But as far as this, when it was coming out, or 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 I just I don't. Something's missing for me. There's a disconnect. I'm not right. seeing what what the attraction is, and I think part of that might be, and we'll get into it, is that maybe from my perspective, he's trying a little too hard. So yeah, I mean, I guess not atypical um, of stuff that came out before we did the show um, that isn't Marvel. I, I didn't read this when it was coming out. I barely knew it existed. Uh, and then at some point it became a thing, right? I mean, like, you know, it was hard not to know of, know of it, or at least of the concept. Um, I've always thought of Eric Powell and the goon. First of all, I always thought of the goon as synonymous with Eric, right? Like I, when yes. I hear Eric's name, I think of the goon. Um, I've always known that he seems to be revered by a lot of, like you said, our friends and people within the hobby that I do think have great taste. Um, so I did always view this as a white space that needed filling at some point. Um, but for some reason, kind of like you were saying, even though it's been floating around forever, um, and I've been aware of it for much of its existence, I just never felt the, the, the pull to even try it, which is surprising. And I can't tell you why exactly. Like I, I can't pinpoint what it is that kept me from giving it a whirl. Um, but I didn't. And then, so I was, I have to say of, of, of all of the books of the month that we've done so far, uh, I was really excited that this was chosen because I kind of felt like, Oh, here's my chance to read, get into this character that, or this universe that's uh, so beloved by so many that I have no exposure to. I thought this is perfect. How serendipitous. And, uh, you know, look, I mean, all kidding aside, we, 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 we have tremendous love and I hate nothing bums me out more than, than raining on something that, that I know is not just something that a lot of our listeners and friends enjoy, but, but adore. I, this just did not do anything for me. I, I, I think Vince, you mentioned it, and I agree with the word entirely. I, I just, and I, I don't want to come off as insulting, but I felt like this volume was a legitimate slog to get through. Mm-hmm. I, I, I felt like it was a chore. Like I felt like this is, I, I honestly, if this wasn't, if we didn't owe the patrons because you chose it, a review of the, and discussion of this book, I wouldn't have finished it. Yeah, right. And it, it hurts. And it's, it, I'm, it just, I mean, it. It's so damn beautiful. Yes. It is so yes. beautifully illustrated. It's amazing to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. It hurts my heart because not only is it in the genre that makes my black heart beat, right? Powell is a very talented illustrator. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he's a combination of Wrightson, mm-hmm. Wally Wood, and there's a little bit of Steve Mannion in there. Straight EC, though, for sure. Yeah. Sure, for, yeah. Yep. And, and it, again, it, it catapults from the the stuff that I love, EC and horror and, and just the the uh, anything-goes reality type where giant hands are smashing things from out of nowhere. Like, yes. th- there are no boundaries in this goon universe. But – and full disclosure, because – why should I lie? I didn't even make it through this entire volume. I found it interminably tedious. I didn't think the humor was funny at all. I thought it was forced. 
I think the thing that really bothers me is de- the design for Frankie. The the Harold Gray little orphan Annie yeah, pupilless yeah, eyes. Pupils, yeah. I, I th- it's disturbing to me, not on a an, on a disturbing level where it's like it doesn't creep me out. It just disturbs me because I think it's a very terrible design. It doesn't work. His the way his mouth is all distorted and 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 plastic like it just i i don't like it 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 it, it's something that infuriates me when i see it and and Mm -hmm. i'm trying to be nice but when when you have a panel with frankie and the goon it illustrates just how good and how bad powell can be and because the the design for the goon is great and he's there's kirby in this work it's it's got power it's got energy but then frankie it it he loses me I think it's just a, a a a very terrible misstep, and it it stopped me from enjoying the book. But and on top of it, I just think the stories are boring. They're, they're, yeah, that's that. So that's the critical thing here because I must admit, as I was reading this, I thought, mm, I'm I'm not feeling it. But then I thought, oh, the guys are going to have a field day with this because they probably could have guessed I wasn't going to feel it because this is largely in a wheelhouse aside from the art. I love EC art, but that I, I would probably not be expected to like. Um, but as I was reading it, I thought, now I didn't know where Dap was going to stand on it. Cause I, I know again, we've never really talked about the goon, but I thought you would dig it because of what you just said, which is that it is in a lot of ways, something that almost it, it's, it's gotta be hard for you not to like it. Like right. it's, it's, it's pulpy. It's it's street level. It's EC. It's horror. It's it's um, you know exaggerated in places, like over the top. I so I thought, oh, this okay. Well, Vince is it's going to be yin yang, and we'll see where Dap will break the tie. Right. Um, so I was a little surprised that we were all aligned on on that front. And and really, I guess what I'm getting at is what I'm I know why it didn't do anything for me because I think it was probably a hard sell from the start for me when I got into it. But I. But for you again, this is so. Is it? Is it? Is it just the humor didn't work for you? Yeah. Is that what this is mostly about? It, it's not even silly humor. It's just mm-hmm. it's it's annoying humor. Mm-hmm. The um, the interstitials with the the commercials and the public yeah. they they bothered the hell out of me. I I don't think they're funny at all. Billy's lobotomy kit, whatever. Like, and it's it's. The the typography doesn't work for me. I, I I hate to shit on something. I really do, but when you put his sequential work up with against those interstitials, it's like night and day, right? Mm-hmm. I I I want to love this book because it it's it has all of the ingredients that for those dishes that I really love, but it just seems like somebody laid a little heavy on the salt and it just I was going to say like when I look at right the page um page 32 the little girl zombie girl and her head splits open and it's all you That's, know, I, yeah it's fantastic I would think god oh, that page alone Vince is going to just eat this up this yeah. is you know but and and he's got the he's got it down there's a lot of Sam Raimi in here you know there there's a lot of the schlock uh full moon movies it, there's classic EC that all the parts are there but it just doesn't work. It doesn't work for me at all. And I, I, I was as surprised, I think, as you are now, that I, I should love this book. But it's just I, – I, I compare this to Steve Mannion's Fearless Dawn. 
Fearless Dawn is a lot like this book. Where, true. where yeah. you, you have the, the main characters on these freewheeling adventures. There's giant vehicles. There's monsters. But Fearless Dawn clicks for me where this one doesn't. I, I thought the, the thing that really sunk my boat was the buzzard origin. Mm-hmm. It just seemed to go on forever. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, I, whatever. I, 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 I can't read any more of this. I can't. Now, I, I will say that um, I read this pretty early in my vacation. It's almost two weeks ago. And then we talked a little bit about how we all didn't really vibe on it. And then I thought, you know, it's book of the month. I, like you said, we, we hate just being negative, try not to be in general. So the three of us being negative on a book we everybody loves is kind of the suck. So I thought maybe this is like fables, you know, where more than a lot of people have heard others like us talk about how fables is one of the greatest stories of our life. And then they'll try that first trade and, and, come away nonplussed and you have to give me obligatory. I know the first treat isn't, isn't jaw dropping, but if you, if you can get through it and get into the second trade, you're going to be hooked from there. So I thought, okay, may, maybe to, to David's point, like maybe this is just, you know, we picked this cause it's volume one, but, but there's been what, 15, 16 volumes worth of material. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is just him is getting his sea legs. Right. I mean, there's plenty of creators and creator owned books where, the first volume is is a far cry from what it becomes in its in its peak, right? So I tried the second volume. I read the second volume this week, just to see. And I'm I'm sorry to say I thought it was the more of the same. Yep. It looked great. The it, it, the the artwork was breathtaking, and I think uh, Powell shows off in that volume even more in the sense that he plays with some different styles. There's a, a a story that's intentionally meant to look like Archie comics and a bunch. And, and he's, he's equally adept at all of those different styles. So the dude clearly as a cartoonist has got incredible chops. Yeah. Out of the um, gate, right out of the gate though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, full blown first issue of, of his, his creator own book. And he comes out looking like this. I mean, that's a pretty sure. impressive achievement. Yeah. But I guess my but my, my I guess my, my point being just that for me I did read the second volume as well and in that we actually get the origin of the goon child goon we we learn about how he becomes who he is um and it just was more the same for me it didn't it didn't it it didn't pull me in any more than this did so right, right. um and I talked to to Mario a uh, recent guest of the show uh about it as well this today we were talking about other stuff when it came up and he was in the same boat as me. He read the first volume when they put out the new trades because he hadn't read it when it came out. Didn't care for it. Read the second volume because so many of his other friends in the in the hobby love love the goon and said he barely got through the second volume and decided it wasn't for him. So we're of like mind there. I just uh, I figure I've given it two full volumes now. I've definitely given it a fair shake. Right. right. And and another layer. Powell draws wonderful women. Mm-hmm. He, he's very adept at. He's he's a good girl artist, right? The 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 two ladies, the the playing card themed ladies towards the end. I mean, they're just <laughs> especially when they start fighting. You know, it's 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 great. But again, I I didn't read that part because I didn't I didn't then if there were no dialogue balloons in this thing and I could if this was a portfolio I'd be like wow this is really great. But the 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 com the comedy just it doesn't work for me. 
Sorry. Which is surprising because I read a lot of shit. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I really do. Like I'll I'll love the 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 there was a, a ton of books in the black and white boom that weren't great and I enjoyed them, but I don't. This one just it the the, the plug is missing the socket and I I don't know why. I don't know. Sad but true. James Hatfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, now I I didn't um, I didn't really dislike the um, the buzzer story. I thought the haunted house was pretty cool, but um, and the uh, the following story with um, with with them taking on the. Uh, where um damn it the buzzard's enemy but he um where where kind of set where, where they find out uh, that um the person who was who, who goon was working for um Librazio. yes um i guess it's the book of the month i guess it's a spoiler when when he finds out that um that that Labrazio is dead and um he's you know, now the the goon is his own man and, and there's an answer to anybody. Um, it's uh, all all bets are off. But the I I dug I dug that story. Um, the uh, mostly because of how it looked. The buzzard origin it, because I've thinking about Deadwood lately and and I enjoyed Westworld and I, I kind of I, I, I dug the western motif of it and I guess and and I think the Christmas story might have fallen a little flat for me but I probably out of all of them in the book the um, the one with the magicians with, with, with the playing card gals um, I probably Enjoyed that one the most. It's pretty. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Jason, any any uh, closing comments? Did we lose Jason? Yeah, mute. Sorry, I feel like I've. Uh, I don't know. I don't have much more to say, really. I, you okay. Know? Okay. I was, again, like I said, I, I fired up my CLZ, and I have the Buzzard miniseries from Dark Horse. Don't remember reading it. Um, I do remember Satan Sodomy Baby. That, I that, remember that title. That, that bagged issue that was, was uh, yes. released. And, I mean, that was, that was amusing, but it, I don't remember it being Goon. Um, and, and I have assorted late-run issues of the Goon, like he did a Big Daddy Roth uh, pastiche on the cover. I have it, but I've never read it. I just bought it for the cover. What I did, my, my all time favorite Eric Powell artwork is the Bizarro run he did for action mm-hmm. comics. That stuff is great. Um, I've, I've enjoyed that very much. I don't remember if he wrote that though. No, that wasn't that the, um, was that Johns and Donner back then? 
I, I can't. Or I, was yeah. it? Oh, I don't remember. All I remember was his Bizarro is is great. He does a. a I mean, does, thing, yeah. Is it a surprise? No, it's not a surprise. The guy's a great artist. I just I don't I don't vibe with his his storytelling. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. All yeah, right. I mean, I I feel like I I you know it's weird. I mean, even when we've had um, books of the month before that we weren't necessarily in love with. We we've gone a, a a good long while at least discussing it, and uh, I don't know. I, I'm torn. At, I mean, if we should if we should go through the the plot of the book, but it just feels a little hollow considering. Right, right. I mean, if you want to, I mean, in a nutshell, it's the goon and his his sidekick Frankie. They beat the shit out of monsters. Yeah, that's yeah. that's basically it. And since I don't get the vibe you guys are clamoring to read more Goon anytime soon, I will tell you that in the second volume we learned that uh, he was a um, basically he he was working for a like a, a a local mob boss, you know, like Bronx Tale type of situation. Yeah, and uh, he kills the mob boss because he wasn't a good dude, and. From there, just goes around. There was a the mob boss kept a book of all of his contacts, all the cops and judges that were on the take, all the business, and basically the goon takes over the mob boss's territory and as as his quote unquote enforcer says he's this enforcer, says that he's the mob boss's enforcer and just takes over the business and that's how he supports himself and you know it was like okay I mean but I I don't so it, I'm not even like I don't know it's weird I I not to say that I need to find a reason to like the goon but. As a, as a character, but I, I don't, he's not, I mean, I don't even, I guess he's an anti-hero. I mean, right. is that what you'd call him? I guess. I, I mean, like he doesn't have a lot of redeemable qualities either. No. Cause he'll, he, he, in the one story he does the, um, the ice cream shop owner is obviously paying protection money. And the dude, right. It was a dude who, um, he had taped up, who I guess was going to rob the joint, but he lets the kids, you know, throw rocks at the guy. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that could be comeuppance, but he's still like, you know, you can't, he basically tells the dude who tried to rob the joint, you know, you can't expect them to pay me protection money and I'm just going to let you go. So it's like, well, dude, you're, you're being paid protection money. I mean, that's not really on the up and up, but so yeah, it's, it's not like, yeah, he, he's, he's, his, I guess his heart's in the right place. It's yeah. just, he just does. And it's not like he, he knows it. It's not like he, he, he's, uh. You know he's all shucks. It's just you know, but it, it's it, he's he's not a good dude. It, it, it's like Tony Soprano. It's like that's the guy you're on. You want to watch on the show. You know he's a piece of shit, right? But you still kind of root for him a little bit. Except yeah, except Tony Soprano was a fascinating character. He was because he was there was depth to that character. There, you know, you're right. Like a great antihero, there's depth. You, you um, like another the shadow. I love. Yeah, well, well, I think that, but, <laughs> that <wouldn't> um, <laughs> Red Crow from Scalp, uh, you know, he's he's a totally reprehensible, or 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 um, or or uh, Coach Boss from, you know, they're reprehensible characters, and there's yeah. no there's no moral ambiguity there. They're just bad people, but they're still fascinating because of the way that they're written. You you still want to know how they came to be, what's driving them. Um, the Goon just feels much more facile to me than that. He's almost like a force of nature. He's just just brute force. And 
Uh, so that just it this wasn't a hook for me. Yep. You know. Anywho. Sure, sure does look nice though. It does. I mean, even go so far as to say that I feel as though Powell is one of those creators where the mention of him brings extreme reverence from his contemporaries. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on that, I would say uh, on that Mignola level where you mentioned his name on the, the socials and, and you're getting a lot of creators chime in saying, oh, he just he, I wish I could draw like him. Um, and I did notice there's even been a uh, an artist edition of his work. So, yeah, I mean, I think you said it, Vince. It's, it's unfortunately, it, 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 the art is impeccable. It's just, it's just the storytelling just... Not, uh, not, uh, not my vibe. There you go. There you go. Yes. Shortest book of the month ever. Book of the month. See y'all next week, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Have a good, on that note, next, your November. next uh, month's book of the month will undoubtedly be at least twice as long as this one. <laughs> Hopefully. And, uh, if you would like to get in on it, I told you where to go. Patreon.com, 11 o'clock comics. And um, should you decide to do so, you can vote. And uh, if you're a patron, we, we pretty much demand that you vote. Yeah. Right. So there you go. The goon, nothing but misery. Um, what caused you nothing but joy this week, Jason? Dude, so much. So much. Um, Tell it. Well, first let me just say we have hinted at this we've sung their praises repeatedly but i still feel a little bit like they're in stealth mode but i don't know what the hell is going on at lion forge but jesus christ are they putting out great comics <laughs> and i mean in every which way i mean the stuff they're doing on their own the stuff they're reprinting from other creators and the stuff they're bringing over from europe it's all fucking great like, I know what you're going to talk what, about. You do. I do, because I read it too. I, I bet it's not what you think. I bet it is. I bet you it isn't. Tony Sandoval's Water Snakes. Oh, that is on my list as well. Yeah. I, to put it, I have three Lion Forge graphic novels on my list. Oh, boy. Yes. Okay, so talk about what you want to talk about then. Well, I, I, I did have Water Snakes on my list, but the one I wanted to call specific attention to because i didn't know what kind of time we'd be dealing with this week um and it with a month to go in our a year and uh the 11 o'clockers coming up um for our favorites of the year this is probably going to win spoilers for my favorite graphic novel um and that it's not water snakes it is uh, also published by lion forge uh this is upgrade soul Yep. A graphic novel by Ezra Clayton Daniels. Yes. Um, so Ezra Clayton Daniels is uh, an African-American creator, and that's pertinent because um, he won the 2017 Dwayne McDuffie Award for Diversity in Comics. Um, and this is a work I believe he spent nearly 10 years putting together. So if, in fact, this does win my OGN of the year, It'll be the second year in a row uh, that I'm picking a book that took a decade to do because uh, I picked uh, I picked uh, Emil Ferris's 
uh, book last year, which she worked on for a decade. But uh, in any event, um, this science fiction book, it is um, unlike the other uh, Lion Forge books, including Water Snakes that you mentioned, it's not a hardcover. It is uh, soft cover, looks more like a novel um, from a trade dress perspective, um, which is an interesting choice. I, I, I would actually be interested to know why they choose to print the things the way they choose to print them. Um, but, uh, this is a story of Hank and Molly Nonar. Um, Hank is a, uh, very wealthy man. He's essentially the, um, the heir to a vast Hollywood family, uh, fortune. His, his father created a character that was immensely popular in novels and it's been turned into all kinds of media properties over the years. Uh, a little bit evocative of uh, Ian Fleming, kind of. So, but whatever, for, to whatever extent that's relevant, he, he is a, a really wealthy dude and uh, he he's a patron of the sciences and at some point when he's probably in his late 40s, early 50s by the look of it, he is at an award an awards uh, event where he's receiving essentially a lifetime achievement award for his patronage of the sciences. And he meets a brash, uh, enchanting geneticist uh, named Molly, who is there to receive an award as a scientist. And they strike up a love affair and they become, um, and they get together and they, they get married and they are together for nearly 50 years. And so we're, we're introduced to them as a very old um, elderly couple, you know, probably, I don't even know if they tell you their age, but I mean, we're talking about in their eighties, certainly if not, yeah, probably their eighties from the look of it. Um, and over that time, you know, Hank again was a huge supporter of the sciences. Molly was a geneticist or is was, and they are approached to back a project called the upgrade cell. And the project promises to basically, it's like a, a fountain of youth. It, it, the, the goal of the project would be able to take someone's consciousness and clone a new body and put your consciousness in it. I mean, that's the goal of the project. But like any science venture, uh, there are steps along the way and things don't go according to plan. And it's fairly evident. Uh, they agree to back the project. But as part of agreeing to back the project, they also demand to, from the, the scientists that were working on the project that they are the first human test subjects. That is their, that's a, a that's a, that's a contingency of, of their um, large financial backing and something goes awry. Um, and we quickly find out that what goes awry is that the cloned bodies do not in any way, shape or form um, evolve to, to look like their own bodies. They're these, uh, visually repugnant, stunted, uh, baby-like bodies almost look like potatoes. Potato, you know, squished baby-like faces, um, giant heads, hairless bodies, no genitalia, undeveloped voice boxes, such that they have to have universal translators put in, installed into their throats so they can talk. Um, just malformed, right? Yeah. But what's fascinating is that although physically they look malformed it's it's actually in a lot of ways that there are that the, the project was a success in that they ultimately turn out to be maybe 
better genetically forms than our own human forms. Um, once they kind of uh, coalesce for a few weeks, months, um, even though they look ridiculous, they are strong, they're resistant to disease, and their minds are sharp as tacks. They have perfect recall of every moment of their lives, meaning the, you know, the, so the cloning kind of works, like the consciousness works. But so what's freaky, though, is that is that they part of the way the experiment goes wrong is that these two cloned baby like versions of them um, are in existence with all of their memories and personality. But so, too, are they still alive? So there's like two of each of them now. And the book takes this fascinating look at their interactions with one another. Uh, they have a connection to one another where if they get too far apart from each other, they get severe headaches. And it just goes on this wild um, journey where in a lot of ways it's it's a fascinating look at love and relationships and humanity. Because like at one point um, the two cloned versions are living together as a couple and he wants to – Hank, the clone version of Hank, gets naked basically. You know, he doesn't have genitals, so I don't know what he's trying to get up to, but he's like, you know, let's let's do this. You know, let's let's get to get it on. You know, and then Molly's version uh, is 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 like, yo, know, all respect to you, but but I'm not trying to have it. Like, I'm not feeling you at all. Like, I'm just not attracted to you. Like, it's not no. So he's feeling some kind of way because, again, he, like from his vantage, it's, he, he's lived his life where he's that's his wife and she's loved him. You know, so so he's the he goon up, volume one to her. He, yeah, he ends up. Yeah, <laughs> he ends up falling in love with the sister of the head scientist of the project, and it turns out that the one of the reasons that the scientist, the head of the project, created the project was to try and give his sister a better life because she was a conjoined twin, and she's since been separated. Her conjoined twin died, or what have you, but she's horribly disfigured. She's got half a face. Her one leg is all shriveled up and, and everything. She, she's, she's grossly physically deformed. But, of course, he doesn't see that. He sees her for who she is. So they fall in love. And that creates this tension between the husband and wife and Molly, I mean, Hank and Molly. And what does that mean? And then there's an issue of, of, of um, what happens if one of the clones or one of the the not the, the originals dies or gets sick. What happens to the other? So it's just it's this it's this incredibly strange, visually arresting uh, set of imagery that tells a really beautiful and thought provoking story about what it means to be human, what it means to be in love, what really does define us. Uh, is it our personality? Is it our mind? Is it our memories? Um, you know, is it our shared experiences? Uh, it's just an incredibly deep and layered book, um, and it's um, you know I, I don't know much about about uh, Ezra Clayton Daniels other than in reading about him he has um, I, I guess he's a, a bit of a, a Renaissance man he's he's been a, a writer and illustrator he's a been a designer um, he's done architecture and and I guess acquired some level of acclaim in all of those fields so uh, dude's got chops. And just likes to explore different aspects of of, of art and creativity, which you got to give him props for. But um, but yeah, I just I, I I just thought this was a jaw dropping effort 
so unique, um, you know, pure, pure, perfect sci-fi. When I think of sci-fi, I think this is what this is what we should think of. Just um, a little bit Twilight Zone-ish, in that it takes some some commonly held concepts like love and relationships and trust, uh, and, and twists them in a in a way that probably would be off-putting for some, just because of the physical deformities we're dealing with. But if you can get past that. Uh, I think it serves as a great vessel to get us to really think about what he's trying to get us to think about instead of them just being beautiful people. Um, so, yeah, man, it's just an absolute fantastic work. And I, I haven't given much props to Ezra's cartooning, but uh, it's fantastic. It's it's um, in most ways, this is a, a talking heads book and that you're, you're you're seeing people interact with one another, some of which look like giant potato babies. But but they're, you're seeing essentially it. But it's drawn realistically. Um and I think that uh, it's it's fantastic. It's it's uh, I'll quote um, David Walker, who says a beautiful work of deep emotional resonance, nothing short of a masterpiece. And I think that's right. I think this is uh, I'm so stunned that Lion Forge. I don't know how Lion Forge got got Ezra to print the book with them or what have you. But but man, oh, man, that is this is as good as anything we've seen from Fantagraphics or. No brow or anything like that. This is this is up there in terms of quality and uniqueness. Uh, we read a lot of comics of all different kinds of stu- uh, genres, and um, and I have to say this is one of the most unique uh, stories I've read in a long time, and uh, I'm definitely the better for it. So by all means, people, if you haven't heard of this, uh, give it a try. Um, I saw it on a few lists, and it piqued my interest and I ordered it from Amazon on a whim. Didn't, didn't order it through previews cause I didn't, I guess I didn't notice it when it was solicited. Uh, so I would imagine many of you are in that same boat. So give Which this a whirl. Crazy because I'm pretty sure Vince and I both had it in our previous video. Is that right? I did. Yep. Yep. You did too. Sure did. Have you both read it? Not yet. I no. Now see, I didn't finish it because I had started it before New York comic con because, um, Ezra was on the list from Lion Forge, available for interviews, but we could never. Oh my god! We, we, we never I had the ability. Yeah. together. So um, it it uh, I had read the Lion Forge preview that they had sent us, and um, and then it arrived from DCBS, and I started reading it, but um, then you know I was all in my own head and the personal shit because we were moving and everything, so we were just we had to pack up and everything. But there were some aspects of the story. That it's like, it's like you know, guys joke about watching the Notebook with their with their girls, and and I'm like, you know, or right, whatever. But but the Notebook kind of hits me because of the story behind it, and my grandmother was afflicted with. So I can't really watch that too often. But it's uh-huh. it, not that I really watch it more than once. But this book came out, and I was reading it, and then the shit that was going on with us, with it, the whole house thing, I was just like, I'm really not in the right mind space to, to, to keep going with this, but I, I need to finish it because I want it on my level oh, of classes, yeah, but sure. sight unseen. It's, it's, it's a, it's, I love the line work. I, it, the story is right up my alley. And I think if anybody else kind of drew it, or if they looked different, then it, it might, it, it, you're not supposed to. It's not supposed to be easy to take. So I, no. I, I think it absolutely works line. the way it is. It's a delicate line, you know. It's it's uh, it's um. Sorry about my dog barking. Um, my wife went too walking in. Um, it reminds me a lot of um. 
Like um, Wicked and the Divine Artist. What's his name? It's almost escaping me right now. Um, oh, uh, uh, McKelvey. Yeah, Jamie McKelvey. Uh, reminds me a lot of that. Same school. Thin really? lines. I, I, okay, because I, I it, but but I see him more in the. Um, um, it, it, he has a very deliberate line where there isn't. It's everybody's kind of pretty, almost like almost like Kevin Wada. It, 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 their their lines are similar to my eye, whereas Ezra in this book, because of because of the gloppiness of the clones, because of 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 the wrinkles in their faces, it's just it's it's more droopy in Upgrade Soul. But I, I the, but again, I mean the lines are absolutely. There's there's no cross hatching. There's no there, there's 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 no frantic and, and kinetic movement. Yeah. Yeah. But it's but but I see what you're saying. But I I would never have have picked McKelvey in, in a list of. Uh, I, I guess I'm just talking about the line itself. I mean, yeah. I guess I haven't really thought about McKelvey drawing pretty people. I guess that's true. But um, and maybe a little bit like Carlos B. McNeil. I'm just trying to see who I can convey that people would understand what we're talking about. Um, it's a little tighter than Carlos Speed McNeil, though. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But it was. Like, I, you know, I totally forgot you guys were down with this because I, I now I remember the conversation we had about Lion Forge, maybe meeting the dude. I, I didn't put two and two together. I, it's weird. I, I must have. That must have planted the seed. So when I saw it on on the list, I thought, you know what I mean? Like it probably was subconscious that. Um, but you all, you need you, you need to get on it since you both own it. it, it it's it's <laughs> fantastic. It's absolutely worth the hype. Line Forge is fucking killing it. I mean, it's ridiculous. They They're are rushing. They absolutely, are. it's 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 stupid. It's it's ridiculous. I, I have um, Quincredible on on the stack three because I've 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 flipped through some of the Catalyst books and and um, not that it reminds me of like Valiant or Ultraverse or any, the, the young upstart Big Bang superhero type stuff from Milestone, but it it's I dig that they're trying to do some of the superhero stuff, but that's not really what's driving the bus. It's it's the European reprints. It's things like Upgrade Soul. It's um, it's they're just they're they're a little point. There's just not you can't you can't really just describe them the way you can describe other publishers, right? Yeah, I think that could be a detriment too. And and yeah, one of the things that always turns me off is how they have the different imprints, and they have to show you the the. They have to translate them in each previews. Like these are all our they books. They do. They got the kids in print. Yeah, the, there's uh, just too many. The Infinity Eight. What is that called? The Magnetic Collection, which is the European. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, it's like Titan. It's like Titan Comics. Well, that's what I was going to say. Titan there for a while. Titan was crushing it with the Euro imports, like destroying that's everybody. True. Yeah. And now they've cooled. It seems like. Yeah. There's really hasn't been anything other than that upcoming Michael Moorcock, um, Elric book. And and the the occasional Drier re, uh, collection. There's really nothing from Lionforge that is is um, stirring my imagination like the stuff that's coming out of Lionforge. Like I know you read Water Snakes, uh, Jason. David hasn't yet, but I, I, I thought through it though. Water it was their only copies, their last copy. At, right. Uh, it, it's it is amazingly illustrated. It is. It's. It's just. Yeah. That, don't you, yeah. I was going to say, why don't you speak on water snakes? Because well, that's no, also on my list. I didn't. I didn't. I don't have anything prepared for water snakes. Yet. Oh. 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 Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so. So the other two Lion Forge books that I read on vacation were Water Snakes by Tony Sandoval, 
Um, and again, talk about form factor. That's more like the form factor we got with with Infinity Eight. Sure. The collection. It's it's a hardcover. Uh, I think it's eight and a half by eleven. It's 144 pages, and it's got those rounded edges, which I like because that that's the same kind of thing with Infinity Eight. That seems to be there. I guess when they have control, they're doing the little rounded edges, which is their little thing, which I like. Um, and that is a book that is just a visual sight to behold. Yep. They're almost like. And you can see that the front. If you, if anyone's googling this, or, or we'll post images on on the the episode link, um, you, you'll see the the what we're talking about right on the front cover because they show it. But it's it's these um, very thin, almost doll like female figures with me- oversized heads. Not quite like Funko Pop, but no, but but oversized and not quite Margaret Keane. Yeah, but, and but tiny, it, tiny little eyes and noses. In that realm, though, I mean, they got big heads. They do, and, and this is um, she. She's basically um, it, it's this. It's a strange story. It, it, I'll, I'll say this about the, the book. I loved the book, uh, but I loved the book because of what it, the audaciousness of the art. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's, and this is true of many European uh, bande dessinée, by the way. Um, so. It's not like Tony's the only person out there doing this kind of thing, but but it's it, it's a it's a book where you're not gonna read this for the narrative. You're not reading this book because you want an amazing story that's got a conventional beginning, middle, and end. It's a strange, mind bending visual journey that's got a loosely semi cohesive plot, and you kind of have to suspend your disbelief. It, this is not a book that's going to win any. You know, this isn't uh, usual suspects on uh, in comic form, right? See, like, I, I, don't, I wish you don't get too into it because I want David to read this because I totally disagree with you, and and I don't want to I don't want to say why without revealing parts of the plot because I think David would eat this shit up. Okay. Oh well, he should read it. Sure. Yeah, I, I see it as this really dark children's book. Yeah, and well, I know I, I know some some of the. The I mean, there are some relations in this book that would not be suitable for a children's book, but it, the there there are things to be learned from this that I think are very much in tandem with a lot of children's uh, fiction. Well, I'm not, not I'm fiction, not, I'm but not hear, I'm not hearing any disagreement. I I just don't. I think the themes are very present in the book. I I don't think the themes. I don't think Tony worries too much about making the plot so tight as much as getting you to understand the themes he's trying to put forth. Right, exactly, yeah. Okay, we're cool with that. I, I'm, yeah. I'm good with that, yeah. Okay. I mean, this is not um, Upgrade Soul, where there's a lot of different things going on, and it's 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 a, a very complex story, and there are there could be different interpretations based on who reads it. I mean, this is, I, I think Water Snakes is pretty, is fairly one note, but, mm-hmm. but yeah. if that's yeah. a really strong, resonant note, yeah. What more do you need, right? Some guys like to litter their Christmas tree with thousands of ornaments. Some do, you know, a couple. It, it's still, it's still yeah. a very decorated tree. Right? The visuals so, are so arresting. Oh my God! Yeah. The, when the when the when the girl is uh, what's her name? Is it uh, is it Agnes? When Agnes is throwing up the uh, <laughs> the, the black squid. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh man, Rock I love I love that page. Yeah. yeah, and I love the kiss. 
how they mm-hmm. they start yeah. to meld into each other. It's just mm-hmm. so great, and it's violent and bloody as hell. That's why I said a dark, very dark children's book. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I need depth. And to your point, this. I think that's part of the roar imprint. Yes, like they have their yeah. So many different things. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, we can always revisit that because I, I love that book too. And then the last one on my list that I read uh, from Lion Forge is another completely different form factor. Um, and that is Fraternity, uh, which is um, part of the Magnetic Collection. It is an import of a European work that's uh, written by Juan Diaz Canales uh, with art by Jose, Jose Luis Manuera. Hmm. And if that if the author's name sounds familiar to some of you, it's because he was the writer and co-creator of Black Sad. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah. And this is, is the most straightforward of the three. Um, fraternity is, um, well, you might imagine it's a double entendre, but it's most directly called that because it's set in a, um, a um, like a town, a, a budding emerging settlement in New Fraternity, Indiana in 1863. And in essence, it's uh, like many communities back then. It was a attempt by a group of settlers to found a, a uh, to experiment with with their own version of the right type of society and government. And uh, it, this takes place a few years into the settlement, and things aren't going all that great. Um, the Civil War is happening, so that complicates things. And essentially, the town is in a throes of a crisis of, of conscience in that some of the elders of the town think that uh, this experiment, which was purely progressive socialism, it was that everybody was equal. And so some, hence the name fraternity, some think that that's not viable, that the world's not, it's, that, that they need to instill some order and structure and some hierarchy uh, whereas others are completely, because that's not what the town was founded on, are, are saying, no, it's, if anything, the reason we're not succeeding is because we haven't fully embraced what it means to be totally communal and, 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 and equal. Like we're, like we're railing, we're not totally accepting that. And if we just accept it, it would work. Um, and then there's a, a, a little um, feral boy that's associated with the town named Emil. And there is this, and you see this giant creature on the cover of the book, um, a giant demonic Sasquatch-looking creature. And there's a connection between the boy and the creature, which is absolutely pivotal to the story. So I'm not going to get into it beyond that. But um, I will say that um, Jose Luis Munuera's art is just jaw on the floor, beautiful. The book looks uh, in many ways to me like a Don Bluth, a set of Don Bluth uh like cell cell animation stills where each panel could be, you could be looking at panels of a Don Booth animation movie. Um, just, just amazingly illustrative facial expressions. And um, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a book that, that I guess like a lot of line forge stuff, it's, it's, it's many things. It is on its own, a monster story in the vein of, Quasimodo or Frankenstein or right where it's this this monster that's misunderstood and maybe has a heart and there's more to the monster than meets the eye but the most townspeople are don't understand that but it's also uh, very much a story because of the setting that looks and examines what 
what makes for a good society and whether you need structure, whether you don't need structure, whether any of that really matters. And it's more about the contingent people that are involved in the society and their moral compass. So there's a lot going on here. It's very well executed. Uh, it comes to a both a heartbreaking and a um, satisfying conclusion. I'll leave it at that. Um, but I very much recommend this. Uh, this is this is uh, this is another winner. I, I just I think I, all these books are. I hope we're conveying how different they are from each other. They're vastly different from each other. The only connection they have is that Lion Forge published them. Um, and I think that it, you know, when I think of of other companies that have that hallmark, I think you got to go to your your you know your Vertigo at its prime and 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 top shelf and uh, no brown fanographics. I mean, it's it's that kind of level of stuff where you're getting you're getting humanoids. Maybe you're just getting a lot of different different but 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 next level art that we're being exposed to, um, and it's just the perfect complement for me right now to the more conventional superhero stuff, which by all means, I'm still reading a ton of it. I got a ton on my list that I read this, this last two weeks, but, but this is, I'm just really, really vibing on this, this alternative, uh, exposure to, to the wonder of comics. I just, I feel like peppering this kind of work into the stuff we read on the regular, regular is just a nice way to, uh, to round out my reading. And, uh, I can't wait to see what line forge puts out next. True, like right? we're at the point right now where I'm I'm gonna buy and, until further notice I'm buying everything that Lion Forge solicits. Wow, <laughs> no, I am. I mean, I like I. It's, I'm just so impressed with, and, and and this is a thing where I think we have to give uh, credit to the curators of the lines, the editors. Uh, and I should. I'm sorry, I don't know their names offhand. Um, but clearly, there's a a curation process that's going on right now that is impeccable. You yep. know, evocative of like of of Pitzer. Or at that house, or 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 burger, or um, yo, or yo, or or, or Christaros, you know that kind of level of, of curation. Just a really deft hand at, at at discovering work that needs to be seen by U.S. eyes, but hasn't found a home otherwise. Yeah. So Pitzer's really good at that. He's fantastic. Yeah, he is. Well, they all are. Mm-hmm. Yep. David. Vincent. We should let him go for two episodes like all the time because he comes back and he just like makes our job a hell of a lot easier. It's it's so very, very true. Yes. You want to take another break and, and then come back so we, David and I can just like do nothing? That's cool. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Where are you sending me next? You going to send me on a trip? Well, apparently I can't send you to Yugoslavia because it doesn't exist. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. <laughs> I just like saying Yugoslavia. It's cool. Mm. Understandable. Yeah. What did you, you guys read anything else this week? Or oh, this? yeah. Or did the goon just like knock you out? Well, it did. The goon, I I'm, I will be totally uh, uh, above board. I was depressed after I read it because I'm like, oh, man, we got to go into this book of the month. And I'm not, I really could not conjure anything to say. Um any anything among the usual things to say where i i mean i could find something to say about everything but that's what was killing me because it was it was a struggle a real effort to to get anything out about the goon so yeah for a couple of days I, I was pretty down uh so what did i do i retreated 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I retreated. I, I needed some some old familiar stuff to to get me through and to remind me that you know it, it's all good, right? So what I did was I I went to the my go to guy. Who's my go to guy? When I when I need to see the absolute best that can be done w- with the comics medium, my go to guy is Jack Kirby. Just. Oh, I was going to say Josh Baer. <laughs> well, uh, of of late, yeah, but I mean big, big picture. Oh, you mean OG, like all time? OG, yeah, yeah, yeah Jack yeah, Kirby. Kirby. So mm-hmm. I, I pulled out um, a copy. Uh, I have all 10 issues, lovingly bound, but I did not read that. I, I just read a single issue. I read the very first issue of 2001, A Space Odyssey, written and drawn by... Never the, Really? Yeah. By the maestro, Jack Kirby. Inked by the finest hand ever to embellish his work, Mike Royer, uh, and colored by George Russo. Huh. Yep. And and the uh, the consulting editor on this was Archie Goodwin. So you got a whole bunch of top shelf talent on this thing. Mm-hmm. And the inspiration, it says, based on concepts of the MGM movie by Stanley Kubrick and and Arthur C. Clarke. And uh, that's very accurate because Jack doesn't... I mean, there there was the Treasury edition where he played it a little close to to what Kubrick did. But in the series, Jack is just running with it. I mean, he's just taking the inspiration for an alien presence, jump-starting the human race, uh, influencing their development... In other words, the truth, and um, he he basically just uses the monolith and the star seed, the 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 star child. That's it. That's all he uses. But he goes back to the the Miocene era, and and you have this uh, example of very early man. Uh, he's originally called the one who hunts alone, because what this this um, early man is doing he's communing with the monolith and and he's the monolith is influencing his his ideas and his 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 development um so he's he's trying to to hunt and he's up in trees and the other guys are on the, the ground trees. there's birds in the trees and so he he has a club which the monolith had a hand in and um he he misses his prey uh and when he misses it his his uh asshole uh peers come down they try and steal the the prey from him and he gets all pissed off and beats the shit out of him he's like uh you know what this club's not doing me any good i'm gonna go see what what my buddy the big old black slab of whatever has to say and he he lays hands on the monolith and the the he gets the idea for making a tooth. Well, what is a tooth, right? He's making a a dagger, and he gets into um, a skirmish with a saber toothed tiger, and he actually kills it because he has a tool. He has fashioned a tool where his buddies are just using sticks. So he he kills the saber toothed tiger, and again he goes to commune with the monolith. And the monolith nudges him to make a spear. 
So he goes from the one who hunts alone, and after he makes the spear, he's called Beast Killer. Like, he's gone from no tools to tools in, like, such a short amount of time that wouldn't have happened without the monolith's influence. And the Kirby does it just like, well, not just like the movie, but much like the movie where the, the early man throws the bone up in the air in 2001 and it spins and then it turns into the space station. Uh, Beast Killer throws his spear and in one panel, which is, is on the left and on the right, he turns into a spaceman flinging debris because um, there's two spacemen in this, Woodrow Decker, Mr. Woodrow, uh, who is a direct descendant from the Beast Killer. Jack Jack's very explicit about that. And then you have a man named Mason Decker. And they are explorers, spacefarers, right? Their their ship has um well they're in a they're in really rough spot because their ship has crashed uh on an asteroid. But it turns out the asteroid's littered with examples of an alien civilization. And Decker is um super pissed off he's a fatalist he's like we're dead this is fucking bullshit we just we 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 find these these examples of of alien structures and this is the the first time we've ever encountered this but it's it's a hollow victory because we're gonna die here we're not getting off this damn asteroid and um uh deck uh mason is is all he's the optimist he's like no this this will be okay we'll, we'll figure this out we'll do this but it, it's the optimism is a little hollow because this creature comes out of nowhere and it's a typical kirby awesome tentacle monstrosity with jagged teeth and it it, it crushes mason's life support suit and he dies so all all that's that's left there is is um is Decker and he he turns into after the presence of the monolith he jumps into the monolith the monolith appears he jumps into it and he's transported and shown sights of things that human beings were not privy to and he's he's spirited away from the asteroid to another place and it's kind of like and i really hate to use this reference but it's it's apt it's a little wizard of oz where where he's removed from his spacesuit and and he 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 sees a a boy and the boy's talking to him. And the boy's like in jeans. He's chewing on, on some grain. He's got this, you know, a, a wide um, a worker, someone, a hat from someone who works in the fields, right? A, a farmer hat. And they're talking. And it's all right. And he keeps walking. And as he's walking, he gets old. He starts to age. And he starts to crumble. And he, he eventually dies. But the monolith appears and wraps him in that cocoon. And he actually, he actually turns into the 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 star child at the end much like 2001 so this is jack's interpretation 
not a strict interpretation, but a loose interpretation of what Kubrick was doing with the movie, saying that there are fingers in the pot of humanity that are not human. And I believe that Jack believed it. I th- it wasn't fashionable. And yes, there's Eric Von Daniken and, and his his ilk. And I know Zach is, is going to kill me for this, but... I got to be honest, the, the, the development of human beings in such a fast period of time, such a short and fast period of white-hot tech, technological advancement, Jack, I bet you Jack was certain that there was influence other than our own in it. And it's, it's in all of his work. If you read The Eternals, it's there. If you read The Fantastic Four, it's there, Right? Um, regardless of what you believe, that he was using Kubrick's premise or conclusion, if you go to the end of the movie, as the springboard for this series. And you know what came out of this series, right? Yes. Well, we know a character was introduced in the series. Yeah. Our buddy, X-51, yep. came out of this. And many other things came out of this. But uh, th- this first issue, I, I always, I, I like to go back and revisit it because it's, it's prime Jack Kirby. He goes from the Miocene era where you have the pelt-wearing hunter-gatherer types and it's it's all just rugged, raw, primal Kirby action. And then he jumps into the future and it's all spaceships and technology and ancient aliens and the monolith. And it's just the the virtuoso of Kirby is on full display in this issue. This is what the man did. He bridged the gap between um, the, the, the stylization of comics before him. He completely transformed it. He, he jacked it up to um, uh, uh, heretofore, well then, here, then to for unseen elevation. And that's the magic of Kirby. Kirby is the ancient alien in the comics process. He came. Kirby's the monolith. Hmm. He is. W- without Kirby, Kirby touched everybody, right? And that this issue—that's what I'm reminded of whenever I revisit this issue. He's the source wall. He is because he created it. Mm-hmm. The hand that writes and moves on—that was Kirby. So that tonic—that was a palate cleanser for you. Oh yeah, I reset I, you. It, that and a couple other things I'll talk about later, but yeah, um, I, I think I respect uh, Stanley Kubrick. I love his movies, but um, 2001 is a bitter pill because I, I think it's far too long. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I haven't seen it in a long time Uh but I would tend to agree with you from what I remember. It, it, it seemed like a slog. It, uh, I see, I'm, I'm torn because then that those kind of special effects were not commonplace. How crazy is it about that? It's 2001. <laughs> yeah. It's 17 years ago. I know. We're a little behind. We're a little behind. Oh, my God. But, I mean, the spectacle that he brought to the screen had never been seen before on that level. Right. It right. looks so real. And so, yeah, he wanted to milk every ounce of the, the budget and put all the, 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 the visuals, the, the, you know, the jaw-dropping visuals on the screen. 
But in, it, it's kind of like, and I use this as an example all the time, it's kind of like the dry dock scene. When you see the dry dock in Star Trek The Motion Picture from 360 degrees, like you don't need to see it anymore. But the money was there. And, and I think that's what Kubrick did. He just, it, it's a little too long. I love the, the, the theme of the movie. I think it's perfect. Um, I, I, I like what Kubrick was trying, and Arthur C. Clarke was, was trying to say, but I just think the movie is, is far too long. Could have been done in a, in, in a, it could have been trimmed a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one movie well, I don't want to see in extended scenes from. He had he had the footage from the moon landing that you know he just figured he might as well see some of that. Well, no, legend has it that he was solicited to do the footage of the moon landing after two thousand and one when they saw what he did. Oh, yes. okay, yeah. The timeline was screwed up. Sorry. And then he confessed everything within every frame of The Shining, according to the people that believe this stuff. The numbers right. of the room in The Shining, the floor, the the rug, <laughs> the carpet in the hallways, like everything in The Shining is Kubrick confessing to shooting the moon landings. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I, that seems like a lot of work. Like, the my, my extreme is just putting on, lining up Dark Side of the Moon with The Wizard of Oz, and I'm good. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. But um, there's a, a video on YouTube. If you uh, search on YouTube for Kubrick, Moon Landing, Shining, um, the video will, will come up. It's, some of the evidence is a little unnerving, but the majority <laughs> of it is just – it's there's a, a bit of – There's a bit of a reach, yeah. Yeah, a bit of a reason. Some things are, are there, there's there's a point or two that's a little too too close for coincidence, but the majority of it is is not un, it's it's unfounded. Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah. But I love shit like that. Like what if right? What if I liked that's not only is it one of my favorite Marvel series, but I always like to think of the what ifs. What if it's true? That would be fucking yeah. crazy, man. Yeah. Why and and the fact that we've never gone back. The, yes, I know that lends credence to the people who said we never went there at all, but what if? Bruh. I'm just saying, what if? I'm not saying I believe it. I'm just saying, what if? What if it's true? Like, that is that would be a fucking crime, right? People, I mean, that that's enough to, to riot in the streets. Like, like tear shit down. Don't get me started. <laughs> There's plenty of stuff to wear for any street. Oh yeah, right uh, now. Of, of course there is. Of yeah. course there is. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not putting the tinfoil hat on. But I mean, I like explore every possibility, right? Leave no stone unturned. Nothing is. Um, everything. Everything is permitted. Yep. Word. Yeah. So there you go. What else you got? I like 2001. I don't know. Maybe it's David's turn. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking out loud. I don't know. Let's see. Um, Well, did you all read Savage Dragon 240? No. I I started it. Not yet. It's it's the strangest thing, man. Savage Dragon comes out 
so frequently, and I love it. <laughs> now it does. And now it like, does. I know. Right? No, now it does. Yes, I'm saying. But I mean, since 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 we've been hot and heavy on it, it's been coming out seemingly like I, I think it chips more often than Tom's Batman issues. But it's 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 one of those things where I read two forty, and I know I read two thirty nine, and I completely was lost at the start. Of t- I had to go back and and read the second half of 239 to find out if I had missed like an mm, issue. And, no. and I didn't. Everything does, is there. He does that a lot. Um, but I love that, you know, 240 is just, and, and it, no spoilers since we all haven't read it yet, but it, it just, 241 looks like it's going to be a, a, a good jumping on point for anybody who wants to join us. If you haven't been reading Savage Dragon, um, but 240 is is um is told from uh, Malcolm's point of view basically he narrates it, it uh, about the the big battle they have and um the uh the the outcome of that and, and the aftermath and um it it was it was um it, there weren't as many laughs in it as there's been no. in the past and it, and and if you go back and you read the past few issues it's been leading to this because they've been getting a little bit more serious and not as fun right. um, as, as he's been leading up to this. And, and I think it's just, it's, it, it's been subtle and it, it, it looks the same. So it's not like there's been a, a darker tone or a, a, a shift in the way it's been drawn. But I mean, you know, a couple months ago we had the, the Calvin and Hobbes, motif and and this is a complete 180 and it it's it's a rough issue if you've been following it and and you've you've been um you've connected to some of the characters or there or you have an attachment to them in some way shape or form um there's there's some that this is the kind of issue where uh you know things are changing and uh, yeah. whether it's, it's for the better or it, it's just, it's, this is a, it's, this is an issue where it, it's been leading up to it, but it's, it's definitely, um, it wasn't kind of wasn't what I expected, but based on what we've been getting, it, it makes perfect sense. So uh, kudos to Eric for, yeah. for telling the story he's telling, but the demon, man. uh, when they're fighting the demons on the double page splash, that is phenomenal. Yes. It's phenomenal. But um, I'm going to give him this as the last time he can fake Maxine dying. Uh, you can't do I think it. Ha- well, yeah. Be- well, you I, can't I do it they- anymore. Yeah. They, they, um, well, I know. They- don't, don't say it because he no. didn't read it yet. Right. But this is it. You don't get any more chances. This is it. And and I never thought I wanted to see Horatus's boobs. I but, was going to say. But I'm I, glad I did. There you go. I'm glad I did. Huh. Before they're, they're, we jump into something else, I just want to say really quickly that uh, I'm on uh, Team Vince with uh, Black Order number one. Oh, nice. Yes. Wasn't it great? Yeah, I still have to read it. Philip Tan looked freaking great. Uh-huh. I mean, I know you always love him. Yep, he does. Dap and I are a little more uh, 
Reserved. Uh, you're 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 yeah, measured in your appreciation for him. Yes, but I thought he was on on his on his best uh, on on point this in that issue. Yeah, and a great cliffhanger. I just I pretty much agree with everything you said on the uh, episode a couple what, two episodes ago. You listened. I told you I listened. All right. Uh, on the other hand, I I just will quickly say I I I I'm glad I was not on the show while you guys gushed about Electric Warriors. I knew what? it. I, I knew it. That I that left me totally it. flat. I, 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 I didn't it. understand the point of it. It's not surprising. I, I never at all. need to read another page of that series. Which oh, is why, D- yeah. Dap! I, I think yeah. it's a make it or break it moment right here. It's <laughs> seriously that may get my best new series. Cool. Well, that's great. That's the beauty of comics. Wow. Yeah, which is why when I was like Vince, please read it for we'll we'll, we'll discuss it. Next week, the next episode, and Jason's like, "Oh, you don't, you all don't want me." I'm like, "Bro, you can absolutely read it. I already know what's going to come." Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, go for it, dude. Sure, uh, for reals. Go ahead, break my heart. But um, yeah, no, that's. I am glad you read it, though. But at least, um, yeah. you know, and, and next month when we talk about the second issue, um, well, you know, that 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 can be when you know you. Oh, are there any? Why don't you join a fantasy basketball? Aren't there any drafts or something? No, nope. And we're going to talk about every issue after and the inevitable ongoing. I mean, it's only the last of the three issues, so I'm not worried. I think it's a five or six issue mini. No, it's going to be picked up for an ongoing. I'm telling you. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like Omega Men. Commercial Um, juggernaut that it is, I'm sure. um, Wow, it's cold. Yeah, I'm I'm still... Jason and I are kind of on the same page with The Walking Dead these days. It, it's kind of uh, just treading water. I like what it's. I kind of want them to do what they've done on the show, and they kind of done it. We 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 know that um, a post post issue one hundred and 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 before the whispers, it, it was we they did jump ahead a little bit because we saw the community um, flourish and and there was you know, the, the the seeds that they. So growing, so they, they kind of did that in the comic, but the characters are still the same. Whereas on the show, uh, I haven't finished. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think, an episode or and a half behind, so I, I didn't see the mid-season finale yet. But at least the show has has moved forward um, with some characters and, and the characters that have been on it and, and introducing some new characters. I kind of want that in the comic now. I, I either just because they're it's, it's treading water. We, we've seen oh, yeah. this and, and as someone who, who left and, and came back with the plum, it's, I'm just, I've, I can probably go a few months without reading an issue and then see if anything happens when I agree. decide to pick it up again. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. It's a bit of a bummer. Vince. Yes, my son. I know you're upset that I, w- I didn't love Electric Warriors, but I'm about to praise something that is going to get you all kinds of semi. Mm. Okay. I'm going to praise David David Lapham. Mm. You went back and reread Lodger. No. No, no, no. I do oh. have a, I do have the second issue. I, I haven't, so I, w- I will read that second issue. Okay. No, no. Remember, we re- we spoke. Uh, I guess what two, three months ago that something was up with Avatar, maybe going out of business because they were they were putting out stupid discounts. Oh, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. On uh, so I went ahead because I don't own really much of that. So I went. And I ordered a crap ton of their uh, 
back catalog in uh, hardcovers because they were selling them for like five bucks a piece. Yep. And a bunch of them arrived in my last shipment or two. Uh, and I read while I was on vacation the Caligula collection. Hmm. Written by David Lapham with uh, art by, I believe his name is German Nobile, right? Yeah. Yeah. You read this, I presume, right? I think you even talked about it back in the day, if I don't recall. Um, no, I, I haven't read it. You haven't read it? No. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, I haven't read it. Now, explain that to me. Um, I, I don't know what to say. I, I didn't order it. I, I haven't read it. Wait, what? I, I know. I don't see that. I'm really perplexed by it. Does that. not compute, right? I just, I, I, I'm telling you. You love I, David Lapham. I do. You used to be all up in the Avatar guts. Uh, the yes, and the the film is one of my all time favorite movies. And it's it's a subject matter, especially when handled by Avatar, that would be right up your alley. Exactly. I for whatever reason I didn't order it, and I I've never read it. Wow. Okay. Well, it is everything you would have expected of an Avatar adaptation of Caligula. It is as raw and disgusting. Of a comic book as I have ever set my sights on. Mm. Now you set me up. I got to read it. It's, it's, I mean, we're talking, we're talking crossed with blush. Mm. I mean, at one point, Caligula makes his horse a member of the Senate Mm -hmm. and the, and the horse like, like graphically anally rapes the protagonist of the book. Cool. <laughs> I mean, it is a, I mean, we're talking like beheading people and having sex with the heads. Like we're, we're <laughs> nice. talking puerile. For, for those that aren't familiar with the story of Caligula, it's, it's, it's a story of, of a Roman emperor that is so mad with, with, uh, masochistic tendencies that it leads to the fall of Rome. And, uh, I mean like anything went and we're talking anything, just the, the just there were no boundaries in terms of pain, pleasure, torture, de- debauchery. And this is Lapham's adaptation of that, but he puts a supernatural twist on it where this, uh, the, 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 the protagonist is, is, um, he is, uh, a young boy working, living in a farm and, he is uh, out and about. When he comes back, he is uh, he comes back and, and, and in walks Caligula, the emperor, and a couple of his uh, entourage, which is shocking, of course, like the emperor of Rome showing up at their farmhouse. And Caligula and his cronies proceed to um, torture, rape, and murder his family in front of him. Um, like including his four-year-old sibling. Right. Um, so he promises to get revenge and he comes up through, through the, you know, the ranks and basically finds his way into the court of Rome with the idea of killing Caligula makes his way into Caligula's inner quarters where they're having all kinds of orgies and, you know, torture mm-hmm. going on. And he gets so close to Caligula that uh, he manages to. F- I mean, this is years he's doing this. He's you know for years trying to get into his inner circle. Finally, gets there, 
pulls out a knife, sticks the knife straight into Caligula's head. And Caligula doesn't even blink. He laughs, pulls the knife out, licks the blood off, and uh, asks the kid to join in on the fun of the orgy they're having. So that's when you know that, like, this isn't just Caligula being a, just a horrible human being. Like, there's something more to it. And the, it just basically what it comes down to is there's a there's a, a demonic entity that has possessed Caligula, and that's why he goes mad and gets this bloodlust. And the horse, that aforementioned horse, is another one of the demons, his right-hand man, that's possessed this horse. And uh, essentially it's just this journey into dissension, into madness, and, and just the most depraved kinds of things that probably popped into Labum's head. Uh, and, uh, and the ultimate question of does the protagonist get his revenge or does he end up becoming what he most reviled? And, uh, there is not a, this is not a deep, <laughs> this is not, uh, it's not upgrade soul. This is, uh, this is just Labum as he often does, or does when he's at his best, just making you, look at and question how dark humanity can be when it wants to be. Sure. Well, and, uh, don't forget, um, hmm? Lapham did uh, a mini series for cross too. No, I know. I know. So he's, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he could do it. Yeah. But, but this is, is, this is just incredibly graphic, incredibly, I would hope just by the description, I don't need to say this to our listeners, but th- this is just for the most st- st- stern stomach w this is the this would normally be the part where vince is describing lovingly the pages that he's looking at and you're all are like oh my god like yeah it's like where this is like twilight zone episode what's going on book and and do not get this book unless you are totally okay with the most revolting graphic depictions of 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 murder and what would most consider to be uh atypical sexual encounters (laughs) all right Um, do me a favor don't patronize that book Send it. I want to read it. Like, don't give it to the patrons. Oh, well, I was. I was neither going to. I mean, I'm happy to send it to you. I wouldn't have given it away to the patrons. I, You're going to keep it? Sure. Why not? Wow, impressive. Oh, <laughs> it was great. No, I thought it was. It was great. I mean, it was. It was for what it was. It was great. I mean, it, it's it's Caligula on steroids. It was exactly what you would have expected it to be, based on the writer and the publisher. Cool. I mean, you got to be in the right mood, mindset for it. Oh, right. I can I can watch the. No, uh, you're always in the right mindset. Oh, I don't yeah. know that David would ever be in the right mindset. No, for this book. no, I don't think so. Um, and I would imagine a small subset of our most loyal and rabid listenership is probably either already read it or would like to read it, and the rest would love for us to move on to another topic. Okay, I have another topic. What you got? You want to go, or you want me to just slide in here? Yeah, go for it. Again, I I retreated to the the comfort zone. To to yes, after the book of the month, I I picked up um a series that we always bring up, but we never go into detail. I don't know why that is, but I read two Rom number ones. I read the first issue of the Marvel ROM, which is, is one of my, again, one, one of my safe spaces. I think this is one of the most perfect first issues ever. You've both read it. I hope many, many, many moons. Ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I read ROM annual number one. 
Rahm Emanuel? Rahm Rahm Annual number one. Oh, oh. Yes. Uh, And of course, whenever we talk about the Space Night, where I was like, oh, yeah, Bill Mantlo did a a fantastic. Yeah, uh, you know, Sal Basima is amazing. He's a behemoth. He doesn't get enough credit. And, And it's all true. It's all true. But. I don't think we've we've ever analyzed the the concept of Rom in a sense that the the issue first issue came out in let's see I'm trying to read this I don't have my glasses on um 79 So we're still in the Cold War 1970 Oh for sure yeah and and I think it it it's a beautiful conceptual illustration of the paranoia that went on during the cold war i mean it's invasion is of the body snatchers level paranoia you have uh rom who's walk an alien who is walking our planet in search of an enemy that sequesters itself within the familiar the dire wraiths take the form of many different things but on earth they take the form of human beings right? Among other things, but more often than not, human beings. And it's one of those who can you trust type scenarios. And when Rom comes down, he frightens people because his instant reaction is to pull out his analyzer and scan the people, but it looks like a BFG to to the uninitiated, right? It looks like a gun. He looks like Rom is going to lay waste to whoever's in the path of this thing and i sympathize with the the human characters in this book because i would think the same thing if Mm. i didn't know rom this this big silver demon i i always saw rom's two little red dots as as demon eyes because that's what you would see i mean i would think that if a demon ever came at you in the dark you would just see the reds of his eyes but whatever and um he he needs to analyze before he banishes the the diorates to limbo and and in the banishing too i don't think that this is why i like going back to this first issue so much changes over the course of the rom series right the the diorates i don't think they've really had a plan early on about a, a design that is for the diorates because they're shown in in many different forms in this thing when mm-hmm. when they go back to the legend of the space knights when rom is is uh regaling brandy brandy clark with you know where he came from and how he got here and how the the galadorian fleet was just bringing science and technology and 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 love to to all these different races and planets and then they they stumbled upon the 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 dark nebula right and that's when the diorates are like fuck this they they wiped out the entire fleet with the uh, the deathwing they show the diorates and they don't look anything like their the their faces are in shadow which lends which is further proof to me that they didn't really have a plan going in on what the diorates would look like they're they're not the big chubby um brown tongue lashing creatures that we eventually you know that's the common interpretation of the diorates and initially 
they don't look anything like that. And when Rom banishes them, they turn into like these silly putty, bulbulous, glo- you know, globs of goo. They they don't look anything like the traditional appearance of the diorates. But it's 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 fascinating that they got Bill Mantlo got all this from a a freaking robot toy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, okay. They're going to put this toy out. We're going to do a tie-in. Come up with something. And this is what Matt Lowe came up with. And it's mm-hmm. it's freaking brilliant. It It's it's Romero-level layered. Like, you can just take Rom on the surface. Okay, alien seeking out the dreaded diorates who can take the shape of anything. That's fine. That that works on that on the surface level but when you get below the surface the paranoia and the xenophobia and the 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 just the the um who can you freaking trust i i love this series and i just i have to be reminded that one i'm missing two issues um two that it's one of my favorite marvel series of all time for this reason and the fact that Sal was an absolute monster on this on this book. And then when Aiken and Garvey came on mm-hmm. and inked him, that Dear was God. that was the sauce, man. It was I mean, there's it's I don't know what the hell they did that just because Sal's one thing, but then they also did this um Danny Belandi, Del Barris type thing to Luke McDonald's pencils on on Iron Man, and it's mm-hmm. just I I love and Garvey and and because you had because super who slick inked, who inked Sal on on Incredible Hulk? It wasn't Sinnott. It was um, but it, but but it was it you had it, it definitely wasn't it Wycheck? No, that maybe in some issues, but it definitely brought out that. That scratchiness that 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 you saw Sal do even on Spectacular Spider-Man later on, and right. but whatever the hell, I, I don't know what kind of brushes it, but and and it moody and and it it just it made I don't it, I don't want to say Sal's never looked better, but there is something about Sal and Hacken and Garvey that is just that's 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 magic. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, they they added a slickness to to Sal's work and Sal is he's a consummate sequential storyteller. He may not have been the most elegant and his 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 rendition of the human form was not um there there's a lot of exaggeration going on. In, in Sal's yeah. work, which is awesome. I would prefer Sal over a Jim Lee any day of the week, right? Yeah. But um, when Aiken and Garvey came on, they added this, like the um, the, the the reflections in Rom's armor. Like they, you could tell that Sal didn't do that. They went in and they added that, you know? And it's just they, they put this bubblegum sheen over everything, this super slick... Um, ELO type uber production of just amping everything up. All the lines were perfectly sculpted, and that's not Sal. You know, Sal didn't didn't fret over the if if he got the the perfect thick and thin. He mm-hmm. just he just got that shit down. And, In answer uh, to uh, Dap's question, he had a lot of inkers. He uh, Staten, 
Uh, Hulk? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ernie Chan did a ton of it. Yeah. Uh, Alfredo Acala did a bunch under a pseudonym. Mm-hmm. Christian Volt. Right. Which is funny. Um, yeah. Well, so. Voltar is a, one of Alf- Alfredo's um, creator-owned works. And so he probably got that from that. Yep. Joe Rubenstein did a bunch of them. I mean, yeah. He, he had a bunch of different inkers. But it is, it's much more of the same in the ROM annual. But the premise is there was this energy collective. It, it was um, this thing floating in space. It was a group of uh, of energy. It's okay, a cloud of energy in space, but it's sentient, and each sent each bit of sentience within the cloud was working for the mutuality of the cloud, with one exception. This this part of the cloud started to question and, and diverge from the, the the group and focus on the one and the cloud wasn't having it. They're like, screw that, you're out. So they kick him out and he becomes the Stardust character, not the Herald of Galactus. This is a different Stardust. And um, he he has a run-in with Rom. But again, it's just the, the, the concept of Rom is so fertile to producing excellent science fiction um and 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 again multi-layered it's just rom i can't overstate how good the rom series was if you've never read it for shame you need to get on it wolverine and the x-men make an appearance once um but it's it right up until the end rom stayed good the entire run Mm -hmm. and 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 it and why did it end just because the toy died out Oh, the toy died out way before. Yeah. I'm, what I'm saying is that just so eventually just stopped being popular. Is that why the book ended? No, it was selling. Um, I mean, Marvel, to their credit, they got 70, 75, 70 issues out of it. 75. I know. So, but that's some Steve did go towards the end. Oh, yeah. You know what? I, it just kept selling. They tied it into the incredible. No, I'm asking the opposite. Why did it end then? Like, why did it? It, it ended because it wasn't selling as great as it as it previously okay. did. I mean, as all things do, it petered out, but it it, it existed for. Rom is a toy line that consisted of one toy. That's it. Rom never had a villain, uh, or there were never companion pieces to Rom. Rom is just Rom, and that's one of the reasons why it didn't do great in the stores because it was just a, a robot. It didn't have anything other than what it was. There was no arch nemesis. There was nothing. It was just one thing. And they got this much out of it. That, that That's crazy. That's Bill Mantlo. It's, it's all heaped upon the, the genius that was, that is Bill Mantlo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now Josh Bayer's keeping the legend alive. Yeah, he is. In, in a sense. But, uh, yeah, I, I can remember many a time I would go get my books and Rom would be the first thing I read each and every month over Amazing Spider-Man at one point. Damn. Which is like, yeah, that is big doings. And it ends on a, on a happy note, too. So there you go. Read Rom. Yeah, seriously. Do it. Yep. Um, you'll never see... Which is why that explains why there are gaps in the reprinting of the Incredible Hulk and other mm-hmm. books because of Rom. They 
I don't know. Now that Marvel and IDW are a little bit joined at the the ankles, let's just say, um, Marvel's books are solicited in the IDW section and vice versa. I, I don't know how it works, but uh, IDW hasn't published a ROM book in a, in a while. Yeah, and it still it seems like the the legal rights to this character is still up for grabs because Marvel's not reprinting their stuff anymore, or, or they never you know they never did. So if you the only way to read ROM is in single issues, issue yeah, you got to go yeah. back issue diving or um, there's an, another route, but the scans are horrible. You got to you got to read. It's, it's it's so worth it to back issue dive. You got it. You and they're not that expensive. The first issue may cost you um, ten around ten bucks, but everything after there's one or two exceptions, but they're they're not pricey at all. And and remember when the dire rates crossed into like the Avengers and Fantastic Four, like they they were really pushing ROM hard there for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great stuff. That's your sweet spot. That's your home, home base. Yeah, I can sing from the mountaintops about how Rom, how good Rom is for for like ever. It's just a fantastic series. You it's damn right. Fucking torpedo and well, I, and what the the first issue Rom is just like Earth Woman when he's talking to Brandy, and like later on he he's trying to shoot up the club. You know what I mean? Like he's he's mm-hmm. trying. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, it's it's great to see the development. I got to read all seventy at once. Seventy-five. Seventy-five. And 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 Ditko, as David said, appears towards the end of the run. I think he's, he's in Annual 2 and uh, other places. It's just great stuff all around. Read that shit. There was shit. a time where I think Ditko was doing every annual at Marvel. He did some Micronauts, too, right? Stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Dap, what you got for us? Um... Yeah, I was kind of just flipping around a little bit. It was funny. The A um, couple weeks ago when we were um, talking about the Green Lantern, um, I wasn't sure because Green can be hit or miss with me. And um, considering what Hal, at least back in the day, uh, meant to me. I wasn't sure what to expect and, and, and how things were going to be handled and, and where we were going to be in, in the grand scheme of things. So I wanted to um, read some not old, old Green Lantern stories, but I dug out uh, issues 28 and 29 of Legends of the DC Universe, mm. which is... Um, the first time, if you want to say it, that it's uh, presenting Green Lantern and the Atom together for the first time, even well as a team up, I guess. This is um, I loved Legends of the DC Universe, and and it was um, it was a cool. Uh, I'm gonna call it an anthology series, even though it's not like there were multiple stories in each issue, but mm-hmm. uh, you had. Um, multiple part stories throughout the series. You'd have, you know, two, three, four issue arcs, um, all by different creators, different writers, different artists, uh, different cover artists, 
but it would basically just be stories from the um, the silver or, or, or bronze age, uh, or at least that that setting. And uh, this particular story, Traitor's Revenge, uh, is a two-parter, and it is uh, written by Stephen Grant, and your art is by Gil Kane and Klaus Janssen. And it is a very um, uh, he's not absent, but he is not very I don't want to say heavy handed. It, it's it's not it doesn't look like the Klaus Jansen that you had on that second or so issue of What If where uh, he inked Gil back then as well. Um, it's not the Klaus that was drawing Daredevil for Frank. It, it's there's you still see Gil through these through these pages. Um, but it was it's 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 a pretty interesting story. It, it, it's about a um, a a dude who looks a lot like. Uh, Corona and and he is um, it's he's not though it, it he really isn't he, he's not a uh, he's he's not I don't think no he's not a, he's he's not a Quardian he was a uh, he he was uh, he, Devlos Ungle is a, a warrior of. Uh, Tartarath, Tar, Tarath, T A R T A R A T H, um, and he was basically he um, he he was not a nice dude. He was the perfect soldier. He um, he was basically the hand of death. Um, he uh, he would lay waste to civilizations, um, doing what he thought he was meant to do, until um, the uh, until he came face to face with the Green Lantern, Green Lantern, a Green Lantern, who um, who kind of left him for dead during their battle. So um, Ungle makes his way to Earth hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Uh, it's basically the Wild West. He uh, he's he kind of finds a, a rag. This is all told in. Um, a flashback, so we don't really see it all play out. But he he leads a, a ragtag band of of outlaws, and um, everything's going right for him until he um, he comes across another Green Lantern. This time, Abin Sir, and Abin um, ripped Ungle from the universe, but and and stored him. Um, he, he, he basically, um, is in a, uh, not, 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 it, it's weird. I couldn't quite understand if he was trapped in a power ring or, uh, a battery, but he, I, I believe it's a ring because he's able to, to, to see things that, Green Lantern is um, is doing, and he uh, he sees the atom. He uh, he suckers the atom into basically doing his bidding, 
um, hasn't take as a go to a museum to look for an artifact, um, which is um, and so 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 the, the white dwarf star that that powers Adam's uh, ability to to change his size. Uh, Ungle uses that to his advantage and tricks Adam into calling for Green Lantern and and with Green Lantern's ring nearby he's able to escape and uh wreak some havoc it's um it was it, it's a quick little story but what I dug about it was that uh this is before really Hal and Carol kind of get it on uh they're they're both going to to some little um magic show that, that it's a charity event green lantern's supposed to be there uh carol's a little jealous because hal shows up on as, as on the arm of of some piece of eye candy um but the everybody saves the day and 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 our heroes win but it just it was um i guess we all kind of went i mean this i read this a couple weeks ago but i guess we all kind of had some, some palate cleansers recently and this this definitely um scratch that itch for me and and it the art is yeah it's not it's not the best green lantern story i've read but anytime i'm going to see gill draw green lantern I, i'm i can't i can't say it's not gonna be a good time so um and and one of the I wouldn't call him a slave, but one of the underlings that that Uncle kind of um, insults and throws around looks an awful lot like Nort, but isn't it? It just it, it looks like a a dog walking on his hind legs with with, with a mohawk, um, and uh, but he his race are basically cowards, so they kind of just ended up doing being insulted by, by Uncle Furge just because, you know, it, it, at least they were getting something out of it. But, uh, no, it was, it's, it's a, um, it, it ends. I don't know if I could say it ends up. It, it's a happy ending. It's a happy ending for our heroes. Maybe not so much for, um, for Uncle, but it, it's, I just, I, I enjoy the, this series because, well, they'll introduce a character, a foil, for our heroes and you know it's not like they, they didn't use this series to introduce characters that would eventually show up in some event later on and and as if it was some setup or, or you felt like you had to read these stories to find out what else was going on in the dc universe these were just really cool little side stories that 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 were told between issues or between panels from the old comics from from the the 60s and 70s and and anytime i see issues at at a con in the back issue bins i generally grab them but uh, this is a cool little two-parter nice yeah i remember that one being good yes you know what else i remember being good what our awesome patrons oh, oh yes oh especially a couple of them i think Yes, we have shout-outs, and for those wondering, if you are gracious enough to become a patron at a certain tier, I forget that, is it 5 or 10? 10. 10. 10. At the five, $10. 5 gets you on the 
Wall of Fame, the Wall yes. of Appreciation on the yes. website, 11oClockComics.com. Uh, $10 gets you this funky little shout out on the show. We got four shout outs this month. We do. We're very fortunate. Shout out to Anthony Gonzalez. What up? Shout out to Andy Merritt. What up? Shout out to true to true EOC family, old school family. Mr. Ray never met a transformer I didn't want to buy. Wagner. Yes. Can I do the last one? Yeah. You absolutely can because I know you love that name. Yes, and and last but certainly not least, big big shout out to Ballard Mattingly. Ooh, that is a hell of a name. That's a mighty name. I love. Not to overshadow anybody else's name who we've just mentioned, but Ballard Mattingly. Good awesome. God, that is that's a heavy hitter right there. And if you are wondering what this Patreon nonsense is all about, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash 11 o'clock comics. All one word, one one O-C-L-O-C-K-C-O-M-I-C-S. And you can get in on the fun. I got to say, we've been bringing it lately. We've been dropping mad, mad content. We've had a post. Well, Vince, for now, what is it, over a year now? More than a year? It's going to be close to a year, if not. More. More. Yeah. Every day, Vince does a cover of the day. So you're on, I believe yesterday was, uh, or today was. uh, There's an Airboy theme. Yeah, but today was cover 449. So there you go. Yeah. So for 449 consecutive days, Vince no, dropped. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. It hasn't been consecutive. Oh, um, no, there have been times when I forget that I, the magazine and the gun has expired, and I have to reload the magazine. Okay. So it maybe a day or two here and there. You dropped 449 cover a day. Yes, yeah. yes, which is awesome. Thank you. Uh, and. This month, since the passing of Stan, I've been dropping a little Stanley memory on you guys each day. It's ranged from just cool pictures like him and his wife and him and Jack uh, when they were young to uh, cool articles or interviews. I think one of my personal favorites, which I dropped earlier this week, was a video that's resurfaced of Stan interviewing for about an hour Harvey Kurtzman and Jack Davis, which is awesome. Um but uh, so yeah, so so we've been you know we've been, we've been peppering y'all with the content there. Certainly the uh, the the big draws I think are are far and away most popular tier is the uh, Illuminati tier, which not only gets you the aforementioned shout out, but it gets you a care package every six months. So I you, I think if you're curious about that, you can go on our Facebook group or uh, ask on the social webs, and I think you'll hear that uh, we, we we treat you right. This isn't a this isn't a care package where we, we, we pick two or three random single issues from our collection that have nothing to do with one another and mail it to you. Uh, you know, you're, you're generally getting, uh, you know, and the mileage may vary because it depends on almost what's, what's inspiring us. But, but I think it's safe to say you're getting, you know, four plus sometimes five, six, even trades worth of material in different forms, which is uh, pretty awesome. Um, and another very popular tier. And it's been, Frankly, a blast, I have to say, is um, our New Gods tier, where if you join that, you get to uh, be a part of our um, – uh, we have a, an EOC patron Slack. If you guys don't know what Slack is, it's a very popular, ever-growing in popularity uh, private messaging platform, uh, kind of like Instant Messenger on steroids. And 
uh, we've got a pretty cool Plus community. Groups. Yeah, it's like a group, right? We've got a pretty cool community that's active every day. Hell yeah. So it's 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 not dissimilar to the Facebook group, but more private. So you get a little more one-on-one time, a little more personal personal interaction. Um, seems to be going well. I've, I've had a blast the last few months since we launched it. So, uh, so yeah, go check it out. Right and in time for Christmas. We sh- see, we should have had this done for Christmas, but very soon our patrons will be able to buy, purchase, or they will receive, in some cases, um, the new Comics Should Be Ridiculous t-shirts. Love it. Yes. And there are, in the works, many things. New mugs. Um, I got a hookup for a dye sublimation source. So we are going to be plastering our logo and comic images over as many things as this printer will will accept. Yeah. Sports bottles, um everything, frisbees, whatever, you name it. So we're we're going to we're going to explode. Um but speaking of exploding, Depp's head's going to pop because I took advantage of some Black Friday sales. And you know that I'm extremely deficient when it comes to watching my superhero-themed movies. Skip a skip. Yep. (laughs) And I purchased The Amazing Spider-Man Homecoming on Blu-ray for a lousy four bucks. All grown up. Yes. So I watched it, and I didn't hate it. I, I actually it's thought it, no, I actually thought it was pretty damn good. Uh-huh. I think that Tom Holland kid was made for a, a really good Peter Parker. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um I thought I also thought Michael Keaton was great as yeah. the as the vulture. Definitely. Yeah. Totally logical and pretty damn perfect that they used Tony Stark as the uh, liaison to get him into the Marvel Universe. I thought that was smart because mm-hmm. if you want to link, mm-hmm. yes, if you want, even though I, I, I loathe Tony Stark, um, if, if you wanted to tweak the public into, into accepting this kid as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe proper, Tony Stark mm-hmm. was a great way to do it. When you think about it, who else would they have used? Captain America doesn't make sense, even though no. he he does make an appearance in the the public service videos. <laughs> he says, "I'm pretty sure he's a war criminal." You don't have to listen to him. Have you have you seen? <laughs> no, Depp. Have you seen the Blu-ray? Not the Blu-ray. No. There's like that ten different public service videos that you never saw. That is awesome. Yeah, I need it. Yeah, he needs it. Um, the uh, there's also a, a an added feature: the teacher that takes them on the. Uh, scholastic challenge thing oh yeah 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 yeah. he talks about the girl that left him mr um oh damn what is his name the teacher's name yeah um whatever um he has a little bonus thing where this this girl left him and he's he doesn't know when to shut up and people just loathe this guy you have to see it it's funny but um no i thought it was very good uh, I didn't like the design of the vulture all that much. I, I I understand why they did it. The Chitari technology mm-hmm. made the the uh, 
the entire vulture wing thing possible, which is was cool. But I'm a traditionalist. I would have rather have had, you know, the feathered vulture, but it wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense. It was neat the way they tied it into the Avengers. That was cool, you know. Mm-hmm. But design wise, I just thought I didn't I didn't really care for the uh, the 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 wings. But other than that, I thought the, the movie was great. I thought he's totally believable as uh, Spider Man. The action, yeah. the action was fun. Um, I, I don't know what else to say other than I thought it was it was very well done. That's Man. that. Yeah, that's a ringing endorsement for me. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Took me a while, but I finally got to see it, and, and I think mm-hmm. it it was very smartly written. I originally scratched my head when I thought Ned, really, but yeah, the, I know, I know, yeah. he's he's more like the, uh, the 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 chubby friend from Ultimate Spider-Man. Well, right, exactly. Oh, 100 yeah. percent, yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean, it it was it was cool that the, I mean, the payoff was there. Can I be your man in the chair? And he yeah. he eventually becomes the man in the chair. But one thing I don't understand, and and I'm sure you'll you'll know the answer to this. Why did he nickname the AI Karen? What what is the, the Oh. Why Karen? No idea. He just thought it was a good name or I mean there's no there's no comic connection as to why he I named it Karen. Not that I'm not not that I could think of at the time and and I hadn't um I was I was too busy being amused by the voice of Karen because of who she's married to. Hmm? Karen is um, um, uh, Jennifer Connelly. Oh, really? And she's married to Paul Bettany, who was Jarvis, who, of course, spoke to Tony. Oh, that makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. The... uh, the the Aunt May jokes were cool and funny. I thought they were yeah. they, they were cute. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's just just a whole bunch of, of fun. I I don't know if I would call it the the best of the superhero movies, but it was sure a lot. No, of fun. it is it's probably the best Spider Man movie. Um. Hmm. And I and and I mean I, I'm saying that as someone who I did enjoy Andrew Garfield's take. Um, but I think, uh, I think age wise and attitude, um, and what may come, I think it's, um, yeah. Okay. I think it's really, really strong. I, I do like the first amazing Spider-Man. I don't know if, if, um, and I still don't know how I feel about the lizard, um, but I thought Peter and Gwen's relationship was pretty cool. I dug Leary as um, as Captain Stacy, but the and even the second movie I didn't hate as as silly as as Max Dillon may have been before becoming Electro. Um, I I dug the first Raimi Spider Man. I really enjoyed the second, but if if I'm thinking about you know where where the Spider-Man movies I saw in the theater that had me at the edge of my seat and, and, you know, just taking it all in and, and 
feeling something while I was watching it, I, I think Homecoming beats him hands down. Yep. Not a great post credit sequence, though. Oh, damn. What that? It's Captain America saying oh you know, right yeah you know so, oh at the gym yeah, 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 so, yeah some yeah. things don't pay off and you know sucks that you had to right, wait this right, long right. for it that, that was yes it was yes, cute yes, yes. but you know yeah. right, right right yeah but it was neat seeing the what could have been the shocker and yes yeah and, and, and the prowler the prowler yeah that was yeah. cool it was fun no i i thought it was it was it was a very enjoyable movie yeah I, it's nowhere near either of the guardians of the galaxy movies but it's fun. It is. Those That's two are my are my two favorites. I haven't seen Infinity War, so I can't say. But th- for right now, the two Guardians are my are my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. There you go. Fun, fun. I- mm-hmm. yeah. So you want to bring this puppy home? Let's corral this bitch. All right. Hey, everybody. You know where you get your comics fast, cheap, and efficiently? Discount comic book service, DCBService.com. The list is not up, but you can you can bet the bank on there being a ton of discounts and a ton of books available to you very, very soon. You just wait with bated breath. When you see the list, you'll be like, oh, you will order things you thought you could never have on your list. They make it possible because they you save so much. Somewhat ham-fisted, but nevertheless, in your travels... I would like you to read, by my accounts, uh, what is a gorgeous book. I won't go into specifics. I will just tell you what appears in this book. You get Rip Hunter, Time Master, drawn by Mike Norton. Batman 666, drawn by Giuseppe Camoncoli. Superman 1 Million by Brad Walker and Drew Hennessy. The Flash by Christian Duce. Uh, let's see, Supergirl by Tom Derenick and Laz- Yasmin Putri. Aquaman by Dexter Soy. Firestorm, drawn by Jerry Ordway. Mm. Commandy by Phil Hester and Andy Parks. Catwoman by Amanke Nalpan, is it? Nalpan. And mm-hmm. Green, Green Arrow. By Scott Collins. It is the DC Nuclear Winter Special. Yep, yep. It's an 80-page giant. It is a drop-dead gorgeous book. Show it is. It's, it, it's amazing. Uh, I usually write off these, these giant things as just cash grabs, but this book is beautiful on, mm-hmm. on all levels. You got uh, mm-hmm. old-school... With the Phil Hester and the Andy Parks, you got New School. I mean, Jerry Ordway drawing Firestorm? Give me a break. You got to get this thing. And and Norton, he continues to just knock it out of the park every time he puts the pencil down. <laughs> yep. And I thought it was great. The, I mean, needless to say, the Commandy's my favorite chapter. Duh. But, but all of it is just mouthwateringly gorgeous. So if you're looking for something different, and you get a whole bunch of content for not a whole lot of money. I forget how much this was. Seven ninety nine, six ninety nine, whatever. Um, DC's Nuclear Winter Special. Get it? Yes, sir. Hmm. 
Uh, in your travels, um, I won't go into specifics, and this is just, this is an anthology, so does it, but it is the second issue of a four-issue miniseries from IDW. Hmm. And the All Reds and Rich Tommaso, Dick Tracy, that are alive. Oh, nice. Speak on it. Speak yeah. on it for a long yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Do it. Y'all. <laughs> Dude, you need to get the, you need to let the pulp into your heart. Just, you will be a better man. You'll be calmer. Your your, calmer your heart so your, your heart rate will go down. Yeah, yeah. You'll love just it. Frenetic wound up person. Do it. Is, um, <laughs> this this there's a um, this tips it's had a little bit more towards what came before it. Um, there's a uh, not necessarily a blink if you and you'll miss it moment, but uh, there may be an appearance of the future Dick Tracy Jr. Mm. Um, we uh, we are introduced to um, Pat Patton. Uh, there's a, um, there are, th- th- there's a neat little, um, comment about, uh, Tracy's phone going off and he's trying to find which pocket did, did, did he leave the phone and I need one of those phone watches so I don't have to hunt for it each time. And I said, that's cute. But it was a, um, it, it moved the story along at a pretty quick pace and, and so much so that I, I, I like this, this is, it, it's just, it's moving at, at, at a nice speed and, and I really don't have, have any problems with it. I, and they, the old reds, Tomasa, they, they don't, they don't suffer fools. And, and, you know, it's, it's, you might, you don't get, you don't get a page of of Dick Tracy, you know, putting on disguise. He just, you know, you, you you turn the page and and there he is, um, you know, dressed as a sailor with the full Van Dyke and and the cap. And it's just like it's, you know, I don't. When did that happen? It's like who cares? It's just it happened. Let's just we're moving on because this is what he, he he's trying to get information. You don't have to worry about you know just because you didn't see him put on the spirit gum and 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 have him you know. Look for clothes. It, it's cool. Don't worry about it. We're just we're we're, we're telling the story here, and um, the uh, the new um, the uh, the the new villain. Yesterday's news uh, is is now in charge of of the um, of the underground and in, in, in the city. But yeah, um, it ends on a. Somewhat of a cliffhanger, but I'm, I, I when I finished it, I was I was champion at the bit for for the third issue. I um, I'm enjoying a lot more than I expected to. I thought I'd have fun with it, but I didn't know how much fun. And, right, and it's uh, it's 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 a pretty funky story. Hold on, it's Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Uh, now no, no. someone wake up Jason so he can tell us that it's in your travels. When did you ever oh, hear? Uh, what's this? What's it? What, what? Dick no, Tracy say, "Yikes! Yikes!" <laughs> I freaking love this book. It's so fun. I don't know if you guys saw today on Twitter. Somebody asked Tom King 
greatest detective of all time, Batman or Dick Tracy? <laughs> said, God. That's like asking, what's the better car, Ferrari or an Edsel? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna just comment on that. <laughs> oh. Hey, you're cute. You would think you guys were born in the twenties. Everyone knows the Shadow is the best detective out of all of them. Oh yeah. Come on. Sure. He, he goes where Batman won't. Bang, 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 bang. Sure. Sure. That's right. Um, we haven't spoken much on the the superheroes this this evening. Um, but I read issues four through twenty-six. What? Yes, of of champions. There's been twenty-six issues. Well, twenty-six and done. No kidding. Yeah, it's over. Over. Um, yeah, it's one of those ones I kept buying and just was stacking up and stacking up. So the first eighteen issues were written by Mark Wade with wonderful art by Umberto Ramos. And then the final eight issues were written by Jim Zub with a number of uh, artists, uh, most notably Sean Izake. Izakse? Izakse? I, don't, I don't know how to say his last name. It's I-Z-A-A-K-S-E. Um, Sounds like Isaacs. Could be. Uh, maybe. Um, I love this book. I, I, really, I, I feel badly that it took it to its completion and then some to to mention it. But I, I I think this was, you know, when Wade took over the Avengers, uh, a lot of people fronted on it, ourselves included. He, I thought, took an interesting attempt in that he uh, brought a number of the younger, more recent Marvel kids heroes into the Avengers, like uh, the new Nova and uh, Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel. Yeah, Miss Marvel. Um, and Miles Morales. Uh, but then, and mixed it with some of the then current incarnations of, you know, it was Jane Foster Thor and so forth. But it just didn't work. The, the Avengers book didn't work. It was a little stilted and the mix of the kids and the adults just didn't work. So he split it up and I didn't think his Avengers book, his Avengers run got much better, frankly. But, um, but he did a great job with these younger characters. This had the same kind of um, joy that I got from favorite runs on Titans or uh, the early Runaways books. He had us caring about these characters. Uh, he made, uh, he, he took Viv Vision created by Tom in the Vision series and made her one of the centerpieces of the book the Amadeus Cho was the de facto leader. Um, the Bendis pull forward in time kid version of Cyclops. Scott, uh, Scott Summers was in this book. Uh, it evolves over time when some of those characters get uh, taken out of it into uh, uh, Riri, Ironheart, and the new Wasp, uh, you know, uh, Janet's daughter, and uh, or Hank's daughter. Um, it, it's it's just fantastic. The, the character, he just, he gets those beats right. They, they, you believe that the characters care for each other. You believe uh, each of them has their own voice. Uh, they work well as a team. They, they just, uh, just all the, checks all the boxes that you would expect of a superhero team book. So, big thumbs up. And I thought Jim Zub did a very, very competent job in finishing up the the series after uh, Wade exits after the third arc. So, uh, to whatever extent you 
this is probably most applicable to those of you that are Marvel Universe subscribers, Marvel Unlimited rather. Um, I would imagine the bulk of this, if not the entirety of it, is now available or will be soon. And if that's the case, you know, this is definitely something to bookmark. It was a, a quick, easily digestible uh, series of arcs that I thought were uh, a lot of fun. Uh, just, just fun, fun superhero comics. So, Champions, uh, and I believe they are relaunching Champions in some form or fashion. Yeah, I think I saw yeah. them preview. But uh, did you uh, manage to take a peek at the Marvel previews for December? Don't have it yet. Okay, I would imagine it'll arrive tomorrow. They are doing another weekly Avengers story with the same creative team Ooh. as uh, No Surrender. This is called really? Avengers No Road Home. Al oh, Ewing, boy. Al Ewing, Jim Zub, Mark Wade, uh, Paco Medina is doing the art on the first issue. I don't no know. No Pepe Larraz. Uh Let's see. Avengers No Road Home number one. No Road Home number two is, again, Paco Medina. Okay. Number three is, again, Paco Medina. So I don't know. It just looks like it may be a – I don't see how Paco Medina could do ten weekly issues unless it's already in the can. Yeah, but it's uh, it, and even the trade dress on this thing is very similar to um, No Surrender. There, mm-hmm. it, it looks it looks almost exactly like it. So they're trying to uh, capture that lightning in a bottle again, and it looks like it they will be successful. I hope um, uh, the um, ouch the uh, what's her name the the uh, outlier from the first series. I forget her name. She was always an Avenger, but nobody remembered her. From No Surrender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's her uh, name? Was it, um... Oh, Vortex. What the hell was it? Jason. Is he on freaking mute again? No, I can't remember. I don't remember her name. I don't... Oh. Look, great, I on the spot. Great, I don't... Great, great Master's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell's Voyager. her name? Voyager. Yeah. Yes, you just yeah. said it. She's in this too again. So, yeah. and it looks like a, a classic Avengers lineup. You got um, Vision, uh, Hercules, Voyagers in this, Scarlet Witch, um, the Hulk. So, yeah, what's not to enjoy? But it, it's. It, I hope this isn't misleading. One of the covers features Rocket Raccoon. Interesting. Yeah. So I may be on this. It's weekly. I, I think I, I may wait till it's collected and, and probably not get it like I did <laughs> No Surrender. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I did read it all at once, though. And it was very good. So Nice. Yeah. And they're... they're, they're Capitalizing on the Conan license already. Oh, in, yeah. in addition to Conan the Barbarian, their Marvel's launching Savage Sword of Conan, mm. written by Jerry Duggan, or Dugan, however you want to say it. And Ron Garney's doing the art, though. Interesting. It looks great. Yeah. That's another thing for the patrons that we do. We do. We each do our own little individual previews videos for y'all. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I like doing those. When, when yeah, yeah, we've been in a good groove with those. Yeah. Yep. All right, everybody. Hey, we hope you had fun. I know we did. Right? Oh, I have a question. Oh. 
Why has there never been a West Coast Avengers omnibus? I would like to know the same thing. Oh, really? So there hasn't been? Oh, no. You know what? There might be. Because I, uh, I, I have the premiere edition hardcovers. I have like three or four of them. But... They're actually, I have them. There's yeah, but... been two. <laughs> Are you sure? Because I, have, I know I have more than two. Uh, yeah, the first one came out in 2013. And the second one came out in 2014? No, yeah, 14. I, I think you're mistaken. I have more than two. No, he's talking about omnibuses. You're talking oh about, no, I'm talking about the ones with the gold foil or the foil on the, the, the spine. Oh, more. Oh, I. Or the premier hardcovers. Right, the premier hardcovers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's been lots of those. I think. All right, but not I'm not talking about the omnibus though. There has been West Coast Avengers. I'm not talking about Burn. I like. I want Bro, from like. Um, West Coast Avengers omnibuses volumes one and two. Shut up. Roger Stern, Bob Harris, Steve Engelhart, Danny Fingeroth, Bob Hall, Luke Ross. Bob yeah. Hall, baby. Yeah. I need to get my hands on that. I might have two copies for all I know. You can have one if I do. How the hell do you have two copies of an omnibus? I'm saying who knows. I didn't have any omnibus <laughs> I have sitting in my comic room unopened. Let's build a room out of omnibus. Yes. I, I mean, oh, what do I have, 100 omnibus in there? I don't even, who knows. You do. They're, they're launching a miniseries called Hulk Vereen's. I think it's getting oh. a little silly now. Is it Wep- I mean, Weapon H is in it, I assume? Oh, yes. Yeah, Wolverine, the Hulk, and Weapon H. Hulk- I will say quickly, because there's not much. To, I Just since you mentioned that, uh, the first issue of uh, Dead Man Logan was a lot of fun. For real? Are you oh, saying that or no? No, no, I really liked it. Uh, Mike Henderson, I think, does a great job with that character, drawing oh. that character. So I was right in a sense. This War of the Realms, it's going to be a big thing. Because it looks like it's it's going through, it's in Avengers fourteen, Avengers fifteen. So it hasn't happened. Oh, the War of the Realms is coming in April twenty nineteen. Jason Aaron, Russell Dodderman, and Matthew Wilson. There you go. Nice. Getting that Thor team back together. Oh, I've read the second volume of uh, Aaron's show. The the um, James Foster Thor. up. Talk about corporate. Uh, or hostile takeover. Yes. This. Yeah. Minotaur. Yeah. Awesome. Shit, dude. Yeah. It's crazy shit. And did we ever see this um, Ublet Midas before? Or is that a Jason Aaron? Yes. No. That's it. An, an Aaron. She was in. She was in uh, the Morrison Jones Marvel Boy mini. She's oh, the daughter of. Uh, that's right. Name? Yes. That's where I saw her before. Okay, yep. I was trying to think like I've seen the, where the hell have I seen this character before? Yes. Yeah, it was it was pretty funky. But yeah. the 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 I mean, the story was great. Um but the meat of the book I think is the Mjolnir um mythology that Aaron's creating. I thought that mm-hmm. that was the bulk of the, for me anyway. But mm-hmm. the I don't have the book here with me, but the the Viking two parter, the art on that was amazing, and mm-hmm. and I've never seen that artist before or since. And it sucks because I I'm, I can't be specific because the book is all the way over there, but all the way. I'm I'm really enjoying this this Jason Aaron shit. It's good shit to it's enjoy. Not, not shit, but well, you know what I mean, shizzle. 
Okay, I'll say shizzle. <laughs> and and I, I I said something earlier that I expected you to giggle, but I didn't. You didn't do it. What? Shoot up the club. Like, why didn't you giggle when I said that? <laughs> I, what's funny about shooting up a nightclub? I don't get it. No, that's not what it means. When when Rom's trying to get with Brandy, he's trying to shoot up the club. From what I've been told, shooting up the club means get up with them guys. Do no getting in there and letting loose inside the the thing, the 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 lady parts. Oh, you mean creep on? <laughs> yeah, but that that's uh. called that's called shooting up the club. And I, someone told me that, and I said I'm gonna drop that next episode because Jason will love it. And uh, you, well, according to Urban Dictionary, shoot up the club. It means to come inside a girl without a condom. Yo, yes. man, Katie's in the pill, so when I hit that tonight, I'm going to shoot up the club. Yes, that's what I mean. And and I there thought you you'd be all giddy with that, but obviously not. You shouldn't be more happy. I'm not. I just heard it today for the first time, and I said, I bet you my, my boo Jason will enjoy that if I say it. But By the way, the, the number one trending thing on Urban Dictionary as it happens is fuck face Von clown stick. That's right, because Jon Stewart was on... Uh, <laughs> Was on Colbert the other night. Oh my god! And, and I'm I'm sure that one. refers to our esteemed yeah, our, yes, our, okay. our, yeah. Gotcha. Yes, correct. No, no surprise. No surprise. Correct. And oh. the um, sorry, there's a um, the the FDR Park off of the Taconic Parkway in my old neighborhood, off beaten path from my old neighborhood. Trump has his name attached to that, and shortly after Stewart gave him that nickname, someone did um, print up a um, a big poster, and <laughs> instead of it saying Trump, it did say that it was up there for a couple of days. It's funny. There you go. All right, everybody, take big two. surprise for everybody next week. By the way. Oh, huge yeah. surprise. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Super yeah. surprise. And surprises in the works that you're going to poop in your pantalones. Oh, mega surprises. That's next. 2019, though. Yeah, but still. Yeah. But still. It's, like it's, it's coming. It's <laughs> All right. So, so you would thank you for enjoying it. <laughs> it was in the context of... Oh, Man, goodness. I love that girl so much. If if I ever was with her, I would shoot up the club just to keep her. And it it was funny. I guess you had to be there. So hey hey everybody, thank you for being here with us. We love you so much. We're gonna do this again very soon. And we hope, than words. Yes, we hope you're with us. In the meantime, bum bum bum. Say good night. Oh, Jason's adding to it this time. David. Oh, good night. Oh, I don't know. Dave. I think you went a little long on that one. A little long, I think. I think so. That's okay. A little hang, little hang low there. He just wanted to have fun. You can't knock him for that. Zach, okay. are we ever going to get our Avondra bags? What? Dude, I I noticed that they sent an update on the 23rd. What are you talking about? And the the problem is they are I think they're either at customs or they're at the port and I guess they're either waiting to get them from there to FedEx or they're waiting for FedEx 
to pick them up. But the last update said the East Coast should expect it or they should at least be leaving the port around December 6th. Oh, you're right. There you go. So, All right, cool. So they've right. done everything they can on their end. Now it's it. This is the part of the thing that that that's kind of out of their hands. Because I was I was picking up dinner the other night, and I was like, you know what? I'm I'm really wondering now because the last time I saw something, because I, I I'm still looking at my deliveries app, and I'm like, it's still saying status unknown, and I'm like, mm-hmm. but it, it was refreshed like two days ago. So obviously FedEx got an update, and. Um, because according to some of their updates on the campaign, you know, a lot of people haven't received the tracking number yet. And I right. mean, at least we have that. But so it's just it's held up. And then once they get more information, they'll relay it to us. But, yeah, so it's it's definitely I, I, I'm still feeling good about it. So you're imbued with the power of the beyonder. You have you have the ability to wipe out with a clip of your finger one person from existence. They just never existed. Do you go with uh, the uh, commander in chief or do you go with the coolest cooler guy? I, I would think he would wipe out Adolf Hitler. No, because no. he's, nope. he's what? Now we already, now we dealt with that. Yeah, I'm living uh, right at the at the it, expense of millions of lives. I think the coolest yeah, cooler okay, would rate uh, very low on there. Actually, alive currently. Oh, yes. okay. Uh, the coolest cooler guy. That's strong. It's it is strong. I know. I know. It's it's because. It's, I have piercing pains of hate when I get an email from him. Absolutely, <laughs> like, it, like it's, it's, it I mean, really is. I, I cannot, stop. and I can't. It's, and, it's impossible for me to believe this guy can live with himself. Stop. And and and, and every so often, I, I do some, you know, I because Renee's like, why hasn't anybody done a? And and there, there was a class action in Oregon, and he's had to, um, make make good on some things and apparently i guess oh my god if if he doesn't if he doesn't um provide the coolers to i guess a certain group um i think by the summer of next year he has to he so, has to pay them so, so it's, what's it's the gain of, then they're still going another year without their freaking cooler exactly exactly with it, our without our freaking with ours right with ours i mean that's it's well it's y'all like, were silly and, enough to get in on that yeah 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 yeah, I don't think you're damn right either. But it's, no, it's no, you guys. You know, I love you, but you guys do a lot of weird kickstarters. What is this bag anymore. thing you're talking about? Not anymore. Wait, well, first of all, this was like the most popular kickstarter ever, like at yeah. the time for a cooler. Yeah, just buy a for freaking the coolest Yeti. cooler. Well, Yeti wasn't really a thing yet. That's how long exactly. has this fucking been? Yeah, really. Dude, it's like Dude, 2014. Yeti has become this a thing is... since then, and con they're now publicly traded company. Yeah, <laughs> that's how long we've been waiting for this motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, this has been this. This is. I have I, withheld getting it Yeti because I goddamn got a cool cooler coming my way at some point. Speaking <laughs> speaking of Kickstarter, I know Mort Todd doesn't listen, but how do you know that? Well, if he does, get the freaking books out. Get the books done. Yeah, true that. The Monsters Attack books. Get the books done. It's been yep. freaking two plus years. Production. Oh, he cites production problems, and they they wanted to re-input all the text pieces and make them look exactly like bullshit. Get the books done. It's far too long. Far too long. Yep. Yep. You ain't lying. And the only reason why I'm I'm salty is because I really want 
pristine reprinted copies of those Monsters Attack issues because they're mm-hmm. great and and Severin all over the place. I need some. Like, it, I don't know. Do do some planning before you get on Kickstarter, please. If you're not familiar with certain, I'm I'm, and it's ridiculous because this is Mort Todd. He he he's been in the business a long time. He knows behind the scenes and pre press and, and stuff that goes on. He should have anticipated this. Get the damn books done, please. I have. Let's see. Just looking at how many I have, like, on, that are coming my way. Huh. Uh. Yeah. For the most part, I don't have anything other than, other than the coolest cooler. I have anything that's too egregious. You you not you didn't back that monsters attack thing. I did not. Oh, it's gorgeous stuff. I wish the oldest did. thing I have is the Smithsonian anthology of hip hop and rap. Yeah, that. See, I didn't back that, but I'm 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 waiting to hear about it. Uh, then the Envanda bag, uh, lifted what? of gods and thieves, which is due in January. What is this Love. bag you're talking about? It's a, it's a great it's fucking like bag. A messenger bag. What? Messenger it can be bag. a messenger bag. It could be a backpack. It can be. It's 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 versatile. It's it's um. <laughs> It's funny, but but I, I would love I would have loved it at at New York Comic Con. Oh right, to, to get to get rid of bad sure in my backpack. But <laughs> we're always looking for a bag, dude. We we're we're talking about the uh, Charlton Silverage cover gallery volumes. No, no, Monsters Attack. Because I backed that, and I don't think that ever came, did it? No, I don't think so. That was December 2016. That was due. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't back. Uh, I mean, I. Uh. There, there's been Kickstarters in the wake of Monsters Attack that I did not back, related to Mort Todd and and the Charlton stuff. And, and no, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not doing it. Not doing it. The only uh, Sithra book four showed up uh, a couple weeks ago because I have to. Um, our mailbox isn't registered yet with 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 the post office. So so as far as they're concerned, we don't exist. So I have to go to. Um, Oh. I, I don't mind it at all. I, I walk over to the post office Saturday mornings to, to go get our mail for the week. Um, and I picked up the fourth Sithra book two weeks ago. And um, so right now, the only things I'm waiting on, aside from the bag, uh, aren't due until um, March and May of next year. And that's uh, Cho's Ballpoint Beauties. And... Yep. Um, the uh, Mason nonstick pan set, <laughs> dude. Oh, also, also the uh, great big Hawaiian dick 100 page hardcover. Still waiting on that. That you're gonna be waiting three fucking years, Jason. How do you tell what you have outstanding on this you, on Kickstarter? You can look pages. at the, you can look at your projects. Uh, how do you do that? My yeah, my just, my stuff. Go to your profile and, and yeah, just click on your name, your, your, your head, profile, yeah. and your mm-hmm. back projects. Yep, backed projects. Yep. Yep. Okay, and and how do you see what's not been shipped? Well, you you got to just scan down and oh, yeah. receive it or not, and then you can like check it off saying that you got it. Or yeah, not. yeah. I've got Cash and Carry Book Two, which was just finished pledging. Hero Bear and the Kid twentieth anniversary hardcover. 
Ballpoint Beauties, Public Education, shout out to our boys, the O'Briens, Levels de Mayo, shout out to our boy Gonzo, Lifted of Gods and Thieves, shout out to our boy Sean Pryor, and then a bunch of shit that's late and probably never getting it. Yeah, the only thing that I have outstanding is this Monsters Attack collection. 72 bucks I pledged. Mm. There as you go. Come on, Dude, wait, I backed a I backed a video game back in 2011 that I never got. Mm. Jeez. Yeah. This thing was due July estimated delivery August 2016. Yeah, you're a little late. A little bit. Whatever. A little bit. All right. Sorry for the behind the scenes shenanigans, but uh, join us next time. We'll be here. We hope you will be too. Remember the drill hot or cold drink, maybe a sandwich, some pasta. How about that? And um, we'll be here because we love you. Say bye. Say bye. Say bye. Aww. Say, say bon. <laughs> <laughs>